everyone, and welcome to this uncaged episode of Caging Greatness, the show where we talk about pretty much whatever the fuck we want to talk about. And this week... And occasionally Nicholas Cage. Okay, yeah, I mean, he, he makes it in there. And I do, occasionally Nicholas Cage. I do actually have a little segue to put a little Cage content in there. Oh. Huh. Ah. <laughs> but today, uh, if you listened to last week's episode, you heard us spin the wheel live and you heard my shriek of joy. That's because this week's Uncaged episode is about a hero. An American icon, someone who got From his Brussels. someone who got his ass handed to him in a bar fight, and then also by Jason David Frank at a convention. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about Jean Claude Van Damme, someone who uh, was a big part of my childhood because uh, between Bloodsport, which we'll talk about, Hard Target, which we'll talk about, fucking Street Fighter, which I quote all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then also the Rocky movies. Those were my favorite movies as a kid. So uh, this is a very special episode for me. Was Van Damme in a Rocky movie? No, but he was in Universal Soldier with Dolph Lundgren, who was Ivan Drago. Is, I mean, I uh, guess that counts. It's like seven degrees of separation <laughs> at that point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Dolph Lundgren, who was also the Punisher. He was. He, he was. Still but- my definitely number three, maybe number two favorite Punisher. So, you know. That was a big gulp of water. Yeah, everybody is really Everyone thirsty. stay hydrated. It's hot as fuck. <laughs> everybody, please stay hydrated. Jesus. And yet my sinuses are clogged like it's midwinter. Oh, yeah. God, man. Jean-Claude Camille Francois Van Varenberg. Yep. That's well, it. Off the we, we see why he shortened the name a bit. Yes, we do. <laughs> a little bit. A Just little a bit. Wee- I mean, his name is still kind of long. Yeah. But... I can I get it now. Yeah, not I mean, the, granted, all four words are just one syllable, so it's just Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, but we just dropped the five middle names. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it was a good choice. I think it was a good change. It was a good change. Uh, Very marketable. Different, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, you guys watched Time Cop, mm-hmm. and then I've seen Bloodsport. Uh, Probably an unhealthy amount of times. Same for Hard Target, but I rewatched that recently, like I do, because I watched that probably once every six. I'm months sorry. So. I'm sorry. Uh, this just in. I just received an email from the anonymous Raw general manager. <laughs> that is that noise. Uh, you are wearing a Raw shirt right now. He is. Pat is wearing a Raw shirt. His phone is making that noise. We're getting updates by the minute. I mean, it would have been a better choice than Hornswoggle. Yeah, no, most things would have been. Yeah, yeah. it would have been just a eight-year-old, maybe eight to ten-year-old Pat. Whenever that happened, my <laughs> mind is a little foggy right now. Pat, are you Vince McMahon's son? Uh, no, but I am Seamus's son. Okay, that, oh, well, that okay. That you're tracks. related to, to Beaker then from the Muppets. Holy shit! Oh my God, you're a Muppet. Uh, That's just rude. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, just just because people don't like my party trick of like flapping the top part of my head to the back of my neck and just leaving my tongue to dangle out, it is horrifying. <laughs> it's kind of uh, scary. <laughs> So Jean Claude, <laughs> yes, we watched a bunch of a what? Watched a bunch of Jean Claude Van Damme movies. Yeah, so. a surprising amount for the amount of time we had to yeah. watch these movies. See, yeah, I'm, I'm excited because, like I said, I watched Bloodsport a lot. I watched Street Fighter all the time. It's one of my top five favorite movies. 
uh, Hard Target is a yearly at least rewatch. But I haven't seen Time Cop in like 20 years. And you guys watched that one, so I'm excited to hear about that one. And also, like you guys, none of you had seen Bloodsport before this week, right? The no, only no. the only uh, movie that I have seen out of the chunk of movies that we've all seen was Street Fighter that we watched tonight. Yeah, moments ago. All of the other films were my first viewing. Oh, this is exciting. And yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't know what Jean-Claude Van Damme looked like until about a week ago. He was, he, was, he was just a, the name of a faceless fear. Yeah, like, like I, I knew the name. I've just never seen his face. And it's like, oh, he just... Yeah. Wait, who's here? Yeah, we haven't even introduced ourselves. You know, we're getting there. <laughs> I didn't know. Otto is impatient. He's giving me the stare. I feel like if they're listening to us, they know who we are. But we'll go around. We'll introduce ourselves. We'll, and then we'll, we'll do our normal thing where we'll tell what we rated the movies. And uh, we can do one at a time or all at once, whatever you guys. We want. all scream at once, just no, oh. four. <laughs> uh, to my right, Stupid. of course, <laughs> is the lovely and talented Jonathan. I'm tired, Jonathan Van Dam. <laughs> and then, of course, in front of him, uh, I'm saying this because none of you can see it because this is an audio-only podcast. We have Patrick Van Dam. Howdy. And then to his right, of course, we have that Cannon Van Dam. I would say John. I would say John Can Van. Dam. I was going to say Sean Claude Can Dam, but yeah. you know, I mean, there are a lot of really good options. I think mine's his better, name but, lends know. itself to a lot of fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. That John Claude. God, God damn it! What? What just happened? I don't even know if we said the same thing, but it sounded like. Wait, it. what did you say? I said that Cannon guy Van Dam it. I said I just said John Claude Van Dam it. Or, well, we were almost there. Hmm. We're on the same Close wavelength. Enough. Close enough. Close enough. I'll just, see, see, just also. For, oh, there we go. Yeah, you got to do the bit. <laughs> oh, that one had some nice splatter on it, Pat. Hell yeah! Yeah, the first two rows of the podcast will get wet. <laughs> it was. It was. It's like when <laughs> all the angels are splooging. <laughs> God. Oh yes. Yeah, just for today's uh, episode, I'm going to change my Twitter name from John Loss's name to Jean Claude. Lost his Van Dam. <laughs> Name. I like it. All right, so uh, dude, where's my Van Dam? Probably the most controversial pick. Let's do that one first. Controversial pick. Con- well, I mean, in terms of our ratings, the disparity. Because uh, I might have peaked at the letterboxed. <laughs> Let's talk about JCVD. Oh, oh yeah. yes, Briefly. yes, yes. That, 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 was, that was the first one. Oh, fuck. Right, it was a movie. So yeah. We'll, uh, yeah, let's go around as we do. Uh, Jonathan, what did you think of JCVD? Okay. I'm going to preface all this by saying we watched the English dub, which was God fucking awful. Yeah, that was a mistake. I wish you guys had. Uh, See, had like, I, I, I would have warned we, you as my fault. Yeah, and like, I saw, like. <laughs> it's all your fault, Shim. Ah! <laughs> Oh, God, not the finger guns. And they're both pointed at you this time. Oh, no. Bam. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, and like I saw like clips today from the French language version. I'm like, oh, wow, this is a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, But that being said, there there are a lot of really, like, like, really cool concepts in this movie. I really love the meta element, but something was missing. And and for as self-aware as the movie was, it was also too knowing who Jean Claude Van Damme is now. It was like okay, yeah, he, he he's self aware enough, but also it's like 
I'm also the greatest thing to ever happen to this <laughs> it's planet. what happens when someone is... Because, like, every, like, side character is like, holy fuck, it's John Claude Van Damme! <laughs> he is so awesome! It's what happens when someone is self-aware but also self-aggrandizing. I mean, that does describe his actual personality. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, honestly, I, I should have both said watch the originals with subtitles. And also watch it last. Yeah. Because having uh, even the slightest point of reference to his film career really helps. Yeah, because the only thing I knew was his name and that he, he was kind of an asshole. But um, Very much so. Uh, but what was your star rating? I will say I think I'm probably going to go up on it. Like I, I think I might have been a little too harsh, but right now it's sitting at a straight two. Okay. Uh, Pat, how about you? Uh, he's flashing a two at me. Yep. <laughs> I, 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 um, I, don't, I don't know why he's not speaking, but he's flashing a two. It's, it's, it's preempted to the bit. So um, uh, when we watched uh, JVCD. JCVD. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's what I, I know what I said. <laughs> JVC. Like, JVC Kaboom Box. <laughs> like the former now. plant down the road. <laughs> WWJCVD. <laughs> D. D. But nope. yes. Um, what would John Claude Van do? www.wwjcvd.org. Backslash. HTTP colon slash slash. dot uk. Pat. Yes. Hyphen. <laughs> Welcome to Uncaged, everyone. Sorry, we're, we're not fucking uncaged. sorry. This is very, very similar to the normal episodes, I think. So. Yeah, no rules here. We're just a pink bird. Just flamingos here today. But yes, uh, this movie. Um, I, I did appreciate, you know, even as sort of unfamiliar with... Uh, his body work outside of his just general grandeur and pop cultural like persona persona um the, i think the movie did had some merits but to me it, it kind of just felt like not a lot really happened throughout the course of it but you know like like we'll we'll get into that it did have a few sort of interesting beats i'm not sure if it really <coughs> really pulled it pulled out of itself so i gave it a two out of five Mm. Canon? I uh, have been curious about this film for years. I, I saw the uh, initial trailers way back when. Was it 2008-ish? Yeah, something like yeah. that. And um, that being said, like, uh, granted, it was forever ago, but the movie I saw was definitely not the film that the trailer was trying to sell me. At the time. That being said, I too feel like I would have had a better experience listening uh, to the uh, original. The original, yeah. Uh, because there's a, there's a lot of like, oh god, just I, I know how I know how anime fans feel now with shitty English dubs. But but even <laughs> with, I get it now. I understand. But even with like anime, like it's just mouth flaps. Yeah. It's not that weird disconnect that like a lot of live action English dubs have. Where, and then on top of that, like a lot of the like, especially the guy with the weird mullet thing. Oh God, yeah, he was really bad. But um, oh, I mean, overall, 
like Jonathan, I feel like I should give the movie another shake uh, with the uh, original version. Uh, but as of right now, I too am at a two. That's fair. That's fair. I, w- I will say, and I'll give the movie credit, I think out of the movies we watch, this is far and away his best performance. Get it, get and it. for nothing else, that like seven minute monologue alone. Because there is a moment in the film where he has like a genuine moment of like acting at like this um, monologue he gives. And, and not to say he hasn't sort of had flashes of acting prowess, but just like. Really you, you would think he had this nice, long, sustained moment to yeah. like really show what he can do, which is yeah. you know, very refreshing. And see some context for the history of the movie, because uh, listen, I watched it when it came out. I bought the DVD immediately because I was a junk love in it from the time I was like five fucking years old, right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this was his last big role was around ninety four, ninety five. I think Street Fighter was the the beginning of the end for him. And then after that, it was like double M or yeah, no, double team with Dennis Rodman and 38 Universal Soldier sequels with Scott Adkins and Hard Target 2 with Scott Adkins and a couple other movies with Scott Adkins. And a lot of direct-to-video garbage. And to be fair to Scott Adkins, he does say he is the king of direct-to-video sequels. He said, I don't know what my next movie is going to be, but it probably has a two or a three in it. Yeah, so. I mean, he. I, I mean, if you're going to do that, fucking own it. He's yeah. very aware that. of like his place in Hollywood, and he's made a good buck mm-hmm. of it. And he's a really good martial artist. And he's yeah. become friends with Van Damme, who was his hero growing up. Yep. He, he's so, actually said without Bruce Lee and Van Damme, he wouldn't be in movies. So you know, good for Scott Adkins, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> point is, JCVD was like uh, the beginning of a bit of a resurgence for Van Damme, and that monologue you mentioned. That was the centerpiece of every critical reaction because up to that point, he had not acted. Like everything you see in Street Fighter, Bloodsport, Kickboxer, Time Cop, Hard Target, it's just him doing that. Every time, it's just that. And so, like most of the movie is slow, it's plotting, it's boring, but that monologue is what everybody gravitated towards because this was the first time Van Damme had been in anything worthwhile in, at that point, 15 years. And the first time he had flexed anything even resembling an acting muscle. Well, talk about flexing. The uh, the cover photo for Jean-Claude Van Damme in this photo, it's just him literally <laughs> flexing, flexing his bicep. <laughs> yeah. Because yep. they said, you know... They, During that exact scene, if I remember correctly. Like, Letterbox said, you know, this one's for the gays. <laughs> and uh, th- the first time... Like, th- this was one of the first... <clears throat> real meta sort of performances from a major Hollywood anything, you know, because eventually... Because this was before, like, Expendables Yeah, and no, stuff way like. before. So it's before Stallone's making fun of himself. It's before any of that. This is the first real thing, uh, as far as I'm aware, if not the first, one of the first. And, and not to get, like, all, like, hyperbolic and superlative with it, but... Like, there's a lot of, like, genuine emotion that is evoked. It's, like, really raw, almost confessional. Yeah, because oh, this yeah. was his first big thing. Because, again, he was doing direct-to-DVD stuff. He had lost it. Like, his wife had divorced him. His kid hated him. Because all of the 90s, 80s and 90s, the way he tells it, it was just cocaine and women. Like, oh, was yeah. Entire, cocaine, women, and splits. I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> a lot of splits. Lot lots of split. and lots of splits. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> so like, this was his first real resurgence, and it's what led to the Expendables role, and then that Super Bowl commercial where he did the splits. And, and now he's pretty active on the convention circuit, at least he was before, you know, the general state of the world since happening. 2020. Um, 
so yeah, like it, it, this movie is very much both a product of its time, and it requires the context of being a fan of his beforehand. Yeah. So but, I I should have warned you to not start with it, and also to watch the original language version because I mean Jackie Chan is great about doing his own dub over, so that helps uh, when he does movies mm-hmm. most of the time. Uh, but this one they didn't have Van Damme. Yeah, which is felt really odd because there's a point where he speaks, you know, his English in the film and it's perfectly yeah. intelligible. And then just like a completely different voice comes out when he's speaking French and there's just like this yeah, random dude over it. And that yeah. might not even been his decision. Yeah. It's like, like, especially with like, it's sort of hard to communicate like someone speaking a different language when everyone's speaking the same language and you kind of have to communicate that for the movie to make sense in certain places. I mean, I will say, unless you've been living under several rocks, I don't think having seen a lot of his past work is a prerequisite to watch this film and to get what they're trying. I get what they're trying to convey. Yeah. That's why I said, like, I now want to watch the original version so I can, like, at least get a better grasp on it because these... The dub really took me out of a lot of parts of this movie. Yeah, and... That and the fucking lighting in this movie. Oh god! Yeah, like, I know, I know that was like a conscious choice. We went back to bringing out the dead with the fucking heat lamps in this movie. Buddy. They were like, they were like turning to shrinky dinks at the end of this movie. Because like my letterbox review for this one is like, why does this whole movie look like it was lit like a World War II flashback scene? <laughs> that's you're not that's wrong. Fair, because it has an eighty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, mm-hmm. and. uh in fact, one of the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the gr- biggest positive reviews for JCVD came from Mr. Nicholas Cage. <gasps> the Cage Ooh. himself, yeah. Cage loved it. Hell yeah! Uh, but, but like Cannon was saying, uh, like like even like this being like the first time, just honestly ever seeing the man, like you kind of get what the movie's going for. Yeah. Yeah, like, going like, into, like, this episode, y'all already know, I had, like, two, maybe three of Van Damme movies under my belt. And, like, all of the quote-unquote classics, never seen. So... Well, it, it's not so much that you needed to have watched, like, his... I, I, I worded that poorly. Basically, it was the same effect as when Adam Sandler did Punch Drunk Love. Because you're he's known for a thing... Like Sandler was known for doing, hey, did you, did you, did you, right? And then all of a sudden, holy shit, this guy can actually act. And Van Damme was the same way. He was known for doing splits and badly dancing in music videos <laughs> and doing and, a shitload of cocaine. And, and dancing really funnily in a kickboxer. Right. And then all of a sudden, holy shit, this man can act. That was, that. that's sort of like the, the you know, the, the experience you really need to to have yeah. gone in and super appreciate the film. Yeah, yeah, I think Punch Drunk Love is a pretty apt comparison. <sighs> Not necessarily like w- like one to one in specifics, but sort of that like you were saying that yeah. idea. Oh, so what happens in this movie? Eh? Oh, John Claude Van Damme plays himself. Yes, <coughs> as like an aging washed up actor which he was which mm-hmm. he was uh going through a hell of a bad divorce which he was which he mm-hmm. was uh, 
hard on cash, can't get many roles. Which he was, and which he couldn't. Yeah, and he get, uh, he goes to, uh, the, the English dub said a post office. Yeah. With, to get a loan, which I imagine that's like a Belgian cultural thing we don't get. Yeah. Either that or just like a mistranslation in the dub. But yeah, that uh, building became a bank and a post office back and forth several yeah. times in this film. However, when he gets there, <laughs> it's being held hostage. And the robbers get the idea of like, hey, we got John claude Van Damme. We can make it look like he did it because, you know, he's a wash-up actor and blah, he's blah, blah. He's desperate right now. Yeah, and it kind of... No, they wanted a ransom. Yeah, that's right. And then... No, but he's a big Hollywood actor. They'll pay buku bucks for him, right? Did, did they ask for a billion or something? They asked for, like, a stupidly high amount. Yeah. But, um... And then it kind of has this, like, meta exploration of John claude Van Damme's career. And he then uh, saves the day. In a very, I'll say, almost un-Jean-Claude kind of way, which I feel like in this movie kind of works. Mm-hmm. It, well, well, there was, uh, if I remember right, because this was the first one we watched, yes. you know, last week. Like, he um, he has this, like, vision of how it goes down, and it's, like, more of, like, a Jean-Claude movie yeah. where yeah. he's, like, kicking and being badass and shit. Does the but then, it, and everybody claps. Yeah, everyone <laughs> claps, like, woo! But then it actually shows what really happened, and it was, like, a more, like, realistic take on, like, you know, the cops come in and they grab him, and it's like, well, let's get... Mm. Grab bad guys, and but like uh, all while uh, this hostage situation is going on, um, they have Jean Claude talking to the uh, ins- head inspector of the the hostage situation, and somehow uh, finagles. It's like what over sixty six hundred grand. I think it's like four hundred and fifty ish, like yeah. four sixty five. I think, and all oh, yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars, and. In a little subplot, this is him trying to get the money for his court fees yeah, and to pay the lawyer and whatnot because he's going through a really bad... It's like this like fraternity suit like trying to, like, one, finagle his, like, ever-increasing in money and expenses divorce while also trying to, like, maintain custody of his only child. Granted, it's not the movie's fault, but being the kid in that chair in that situation oh that's not fun yeah yeah because yeah, they have the kid just being like all right now who do you which parent do you want to go with and it's like that's kind of a fucked up situation to put a kid in yes, yes it is yeah it's terrible it's not fun yep. <laughs> we're, ca- we're calling you out divorce that court. being said i thought that part of the film was more entertaining than the whole heist portion. Like, just like faux like action. And again, that can also go to the dub. Again, <coughs> have to watch it again. I'd but. be interested to see you guys watch it again with the original uh, the original yeah. voices and, and see what you think after that. I will totally give this movie another shake. And, and, and I think after seeing more, uh, more of the quote classics, I think I might have more of an appreciation of what they're trying to do. Even though you get a vague idea of what he's trying to, what they're trying to do with this movie, I think having that extra context from his previous career, like seeing his like entire, you know, or seeing like a good part of his body of work will sort of I th- give like a fuller interpretation of the film but like you know like like we said 
we had just sort of this general idea that he's a very well-known action star from the previous decades and that in itself is enough to get you going yeah to, yeah. Like, to understand the plot of the film uh, uh oh man i had a point and i lost it someone else talked for a second okay um well you think about that while i uh, segue us into the next movie i suppose yeah well uh oh fuck it's not that important let's just go to the next one <laughs> yeah and i think uh kind of leading into whatever maybe we're going to talk about time cop time cop okay i think Ooh. this will fit yeah because <coughs> i've like, time already because yeah. hey. i don't have a lot to say about time cop like i said been about 20 years <laughs> uh, and i did not appreciate it the first time i need to rewatch it because this is going to be one of those weird moments where my rating is lower than you guys <laughs> uh but again, I, that's, I don't know about that that's a rare yeah. instance that's uh, because again it's been a long time so we'll talk about that and then we'll save the uh the three that we have all seen recently for last for the second half of the show yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that. Good. Idea. Yeah, I like that. Uh, something that kind of sh- took me off guard is because, like, at least in like pop culture parlance, when you hear the name Jean Claude Van Damme, it's alongside those big muscle bound dudes from the eighties, like Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger yeah. so on and so forth. Even like Norris, but like he's one he's not like super huge like like I mean he's definitely jacked. He's like bigger than the average dude. Oh, but he could. Yeah, he, he's like he, one. He's more cut, and I feel like that that type of body, like if you work out for a couple of years, is a little more attainable. Mm-hmm. But also, he's more of, even though he is in the same vein of like a Schwarzenegger or a Stallone like type of action movie star. He also there, there's also a lot more of like just like martial arts, like Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan. And see, that's that's what got him popular. Because Bloodsport was his first major huge thing. Mm-hmm. Like he'd been in other stuff. Just like and, bit parts here yeah, and there. Yeah, and you, you, you had stuff like The Karate Kid. You had the legacy of Bruce Lee and all that jazz. Yeah. But Van Damme, and I'm going to... This is from the point of view of Hollywood in the 80s, so let me start with that. Van Damme was an excellent way to bring what Americans thought of martial arts into the action movie world with the face of a white man. Yeah, and like there, there's definitely some like squeaky racial politics in there. But even even like from like a, I guess thinking of like how they were doing it in a less malicious way, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, uh, sometimes you do need some sort of mediary to get people into certain things like mar- sure. like because especially martial arts movies. While like I'm a huge fan of them, like particularly like Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Jet Li, all that. Like it is definitely very niche, mm-hmm. you, you know. There's there's a lot of like cultural things that don't really translate to Western sensibilities. But uh, I think having something like a blood sport is a really good in between, even if it's not perfect. And you know, and and like you were saying, you know, it, it's also coming from the '80s, which you know may not have been the 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 was probably a lot more racist than it is today. Yeah. Not the most sensitive time in media. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. Long duck dong. Yeah. Comes to mind. Uh, But no, it's, or even like something like big trouble in little China, even though like John Carpenter has been very (laughs) candid about how he was trying, he wasn't trying to be offensive with that movie and trying to, Respect uh, the tradition of martial arts films. Mm-hmm. It, it also has a different 
connotation when you have a white guy doing that. Well, and even and I love Big Trouble in Little China. Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. saying like if you like it, you're racist. Or well, the thing about that one is the, the whole joke of the movie is that Kurt Russell's the sidekick. Yeah, and yeah. that too. But a lot of people miss that because it's Kurt Russell. Well, yeah, and then it's also you also get in the questions like, well, is this his joke to really make? And yeah, that you know that's a bit a whole another conversation for another time. Yeah. That's not John Claude Van Damme. So let's get back on topic. <laughs> But yeah, because you had, you know, Stallone was, uh, you know, with Rocky and then with Rambo, Boom. he was he was sort of like more of the everyman action hero before Bruce Willis became a thing. Like he was the closest one to a regular dude. Yeah. yeah like, I, I mean, he was still like jacked to fuck, you know, yeah. especially like by Rambo three. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you had Schwarzenegger who was, you know, the Greek god come to life. Sort yeah, of thing. yeah. That, like, mm-hmm. and, I mean, he was the superstar. Yeah. And then Stallone was sort of like the everyman, and then then Jean Claude was good. he was you know he was the martial arts guy, he was the kicky guy. Yeah, and, and, and it's like guy. sort of like in the like if we had a tier list, like you know pop culture wise, you know yeah. you have like Stallone's like A or S tier. Yeah, or uh, I meant Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger's S tier. Stallone would be A tier. Yeah, and then like Van Damme, Van Damme is like B C tier, and then you got Steven Seagal, which is D tier. Yeah. Also, a massive piece of shit. Yeah, no, which Seagal's terrible. Which I knew, but like I didn't know he was like into like human trafficking and shit. A D yeah, no. tier. That's a little too high, Bubba. Yeah. I, I, okay, <laughs> okay. Let me rephrase that. Like, More like shit tier. Like, Van Damme yeah. was B tier in his heyday. Van Damme oh, was yeah. almost as popular as Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Van Damme was going to be the predator. In the first Predator movie. Oh, yeah, like, but, it, uh, but when they had the more, like, goofy suit for yeah, it. Yeah, like, you wouldn't be able to see like, The more, like, bug-looking yeah. creature. Yeah, uh, and, and they, dev- and you know, he was notoriously hard to work with. And, yeah. and then you get, uh, like, Chuck Norris is C-tier. And then you get to the Seagulls. Uh, but, uh, you know, point is Van Damme. Yeah, I will say, like, and, and this is to your point. I'm yeah. not, like, jumping off course here. But um, no, it's, it's like you said because I forgot my point. Oh, shit, <laughs> see, it, it all comes around. Yeah, like, God, like this, you don't know how many times I will be in the middle of a point saying something, lose it, and then like have to come back around. Yeah. Or like when like I'll have an idea and one of y'all will be talking, and then I'll forget that idea and I'm like, fuck, what was I going to say? And then by the time y'all stop, it's like, oh, I was going to say this. Yeah, no, like if, if everyone were to rewind it about twenty seconds, you hear me say, but Van Dam, that's where it's gone. It's like, but. Van Damme was me desperately clawing to try and get back what I was trying to say. Also, I apologize for uh, interrupting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I just find it interesting um, because we've talked about this before um, uh, on and off the pod. I am a late bloomer when it comes to a lot of the, you know, action greats of uh, the heyday. Like, I mean, you know, I'd seen like Terminator and stuff like that, but you know. Yeah. Like all the old stuff, like say your predators and your Conans and stuff like that. I'd never seen. I'm seeing like you know the the true lies and stuff like that. Same, Commando. Same with Stallone. Sorry. Same with Stallone. Like I, I've only seen one Rocky movie all the way through, and it's Creed. And the cricket's back. Holy we, shit! We have to watch Rocky Four. Yeah. R- Rocky Four is objectively the best. And Rocky. like Rambo's, I've only seen. Uh, Oh my God! You are like a very loud, obnoxiously cricket. loud today. Gee, oh God. Uh, Jonathan, on the hunt now. And, and, and the thing is, we <laughs> we killed the cricket on the, this week's episode of the show. I guess another one. We've took killed place. something on every episode of this show for the past like two months. I mean, if there if we didn't have a creature sighting on this show, 
something would be wrong. Yeah, no, be I'd be weird. concerned. Yeah. But, um, you know, I was I'm a late bloomer to a lot of the uh, great action stars, and and I wish I could have squeezed in a lot more. Like I said, I actually tried to squeeze in The Last Mercenary, his new Netflix film today, yeah. which I saw the trailer for. Ironically enough, at work today, I said I wasn't going to watch any more movie trailers, but that's a whole other uh, conversation. But I watched the trailer for that, and I'm like, Oh my god! I need to watch this. <laughs> this looks entertaining, <laughs> like very fun. But uh, but yes, the movies we have seen, like hell, I even wanted to. I've seen the very first episode. Granted, it was when it first dropped of Jean Claude Van Johnson. I wanted to try to knock those out. Yeah, because I remember it being at least like uh, at least a bit humorous. Because mm-hmm. like JCVD, mm-hmm. I love meta things. Mm-hmm. Uh, this just. Again, yeah. have to watch the, the yeah. OG version. I, I, and there, there's just like a lot of things where it's like, okay, I appreciate what they're doing, but it just yeah. didn't connect. Also, I I just, uh, as we were speaking, I think I figured out what I want to do for my birthday episode. Oh, wait, uh, is this yeah. it? Set in stone? I I think so. Like, I'm unless something just way, way better pops up between now and September 18th. And Pat's slowly grabbing the iPad to jot <laughs> this one down. <laughs> let, let's All right, let's do... do a Dolph Lundgren episode. Okay. All right. Okay. And this it'll be a companion piece to this because it'll be a way to force Canon to ro- watch Rocky Four. Yes. Force the rest of you to watch The Punisher. Yes. Because I'm sure Canon's are you've already seen it. It's been a long time, but I have seen it. It's a really fucking good action movie. Like it, Luke Gossett Jr. For fuck's sake. Um. Let's go, I'm going to make all of you watch Masters of the Universe. I'm oh. sorry, but that's going to happen. No, don't apologize. Not don't good. you dare apologize <laughs> to me about that, sir. Okay, but Frank Langella as Skeletor is tremendous. I, I've heard he is the, like, Skeletor is the best part of that movie. But far and fucking away, he's the highlight. Oh, uh, also, but, I really want to watch the fucking Netflix show. The Netflix, I watched all five episodes. It's pretty solid. Do you know, I had somebody good. come up to me. Two days ago, t- bitching about that show, of and they call would. Kevin Smith a poser fanboy. Whoa! Imagine how far up, Kevin's fucking yeah, goddamn. How far up your own ass do you have to be to say Kevin Smith is a poser fanboy? Like, I mean, obviously this is a master of the universe layman here, but like, I don't know what they would have. What they would have done, and plus, like, we talked about this on AYCH, but it's one of those things when you have, like, some property that you have been, like, nurturing in your head for the better part of 30-plus years, there's literally nothing that another person can bring to the table that will be sufficient to this idealized, crystallized version that these dudes have been, like, Carrying with themselves for your entire adult life. Well, so, is, like, this was the same guy who said Brie Larson needs to smile more, and he said it unironically. Ah, fuck him. Yeah. God. Uh, anyway, Dolph Lundgren. So, uh, Rocky Four, Punisher, Masters of the Universe, and to tie it in, Universal, Universal Soldier. Soldier, which I love. Yes. So I think. Uh, I think that's it. And you know, if we have time, because you know, we got weeks between now and then, we can throw in the Expendables. Yeah, it was yeah. good. At least the first one. First yeah. one was really good. Yeah, I, well, I enjoyed all three. But I, you know, again, I'm a fan of these big stupid action movies. Yeah, like, I, I remember JCVD's performance in that movie, and 
gross. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't bother to take off his sunglasses half the time. And I know you're trying to convey, you know, the uh, bad guy look, but you're really trying to convey this. I am very high right now. You know, it's wanna. like no one can see these bloodshot eyeballs. That's fair. Also, we might have to squeeze in the one uh, 20 minute workaholics episode that Dolph Lundgren's in yeah, because sure, I no. love workaholics. Yeah. <laughs> what little I've seen of that show, I've really enjoyed. Like for this episode, I wanted to go whole hog. Unfortunately, didn't have the time. Yeah, there there now, were a though, couple other movies no, that we wanted we to do. check out. Yeah, like yeah. Universal Soldier. I wanted to yeah. check out Kickboxer. I was going to bring Kickboxer up his episode of Friends. I wanted to see. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> in, <laughs> he was in Friends. I wanted to see Double Team and Double Impact. I wanted to watch both of those. Double Impact was fun. Double Team is really just so many kinds of awful. That's why I want to watch it, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. Anywho, time cop. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I, oh, and now we have time, time for Lundgren, so we can prepare. And also, I already have the Rocky Four Punisher and Masters of the Universe DVDs. You know what? No money spent. God, I, he, Master of the Universal. Master. You don't know how fucking excited I am to rewatch Rocky Four. I love that. You movie. have no idea so how excited good. I am to rewatch Masters of the fucking Universe. Okay, <laughs> it's gonna be a good time. That, I'm not even hey, joking. That's the. Thing. <laughs> I, I wore that movie out when I was a kid. I do not wish to maybe be should, good. Maybe for the the Sunday I before that be episode, as my birthday thing, we'll just have a marathon. If yeah. you guys are up for it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, I'm down. I mean, because, you know, the best thing to do would be that Sunday, the 19th. And, you know, we usually do a little, a little movie time for Shimmy on his birthday. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we have a Dolph Day for Dolph Shimmy. Day yep. on Dolph the B Day. I was actually surprised uh, y'all joined me for a, a double feature last night. Yeah, because we watched Hard Target and the movie we're about to talk about. Hell time yeah, time eventually. Up. Yeah, so uh, it, but it, also it, I'm excited to think that we'd be able to cover both versions of the Punisher on this show this within the same year. It, it would be, uh, yeah, it would be on the 13th because my birthday episode. Come, we were recording that. Oh no, it releases of the 16th, which is before my birthday. So that would be like the 11th that we'd record it because my birthday is a Saturday. Okey-doke. If I remember my calendar correctly. Anyway, we'll, we'll figure that the, out. The calendar is yeah. in flux. The point is... Time cop. Time cop. Uh, which Let's uh, like the timeline time in time cop. <laughs> For this one, I'll go first because this, this is not going to take long at all. Uh, I barely remember a goddamn thing about this movie except that I did not enjoy it and he had a mullet and he did the splits in the kitchen in his underwear. So I gave this one two stars. I need to rewatch it to give it a fair he shake. He fucking split up and <laughs> his asshole in this uh, movie. Also, we, we also saw his fucking chocolate starfish too. And yeah, just straight up camera <laughs> right in his butthole. They're just sliding that camera right between the, the, the cracks of that crevasse. I'll put it this way. The most I remember about this movie are the ads on the back of the vintage comics that I get in the shop from time to time. Because there were ads for Time Cop all over the back of Batman. Yeah. All up in the 90s. It definitely has a poster that you would see in the back of a comic book. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of like, like, like I was talking with Street Fighter a little bit, how early 90, early mid 90s sci fi, like, fuck. What were the movies I brought up? Like Demolition Man, Total, Re- yeah. Total Recall, stuff movie. like that, where everything's like kind of blocky. Yeah. I got all these but, movies but I love that. Like all these 80s and 90s movies that you guys are talking about. Like they're my fucking favorites in my childhood, man. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn Conan the Barbarian. I own a battle-ready replica of the Conan the Barbarian Atlantean sword from the first Schwarzenegger movie. It is one of my prized possessions. 
Fucking love that movie. Man. All I know is just the, co- the that one uh, quote from it. Where he's what like, is best in life? What, yeah, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, to see them driven before you, and to hear the limitation of the women. Yes. <laughs> Fucking Conan, man. Anyway, so talk about Time Cop. I had nothing to add. <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, like up, up now Coming until the soon. break. Time Conan. Time Conan. <laughs> I'd watch the shit. Where am I? What is this? The future? Oh, oh my god. That was it which was basically just when they transplanted Conan to the Marvel universe within the comics. Which has been fantastic. Uh, because he's, he's got the original books and he's also part of the fucking Avengers. Yeah, the Savage Avengers, which is apparently the only place he actually interacts with the Marvel universe. Yeah, he's friends with the Punisher. This one book. So Schwarzenegger and Lundgren are friends. And, and, he, and he had a symbiote sword for a second. He still has the thing. Anyway, Time Cop. Time Cop. Time uh, Cop. Jonathan, what did you think of Time Cop? Okay, uh, my review what? on Letterboxd puts what I think of this movie succinctly. So, like, when we were talking about which movies we wanted to do for this... That was one of the first ones I went to because Time Cop, just the name, sounds like <laughs> fucking awesome and bonkers is shit. And like for like the first 20 minutes, I was fucking digging it, right? Like the movie opens with a guy just mowing down Confederate soldiers, right? Like, oh, way down south in the land of traitors. Fuck them. Like, <laughs> like, I'm just like, all right, yeah, this is my type of movie. But as it went along, like, I didn't hate it, but it just turned into, like, a meh movie. And especially with something as, like, cool of a premise as basically the TVA, <laughs> uh, but with Jean-Claude, like I, I just wanted to see like more like weird like time placements like like go into like Middle Ages or like ancient China or somewhere. And I know like probably the reason why they didn't do that is obviously budgetary restrictions. <laughs> but because like it, but we, we, it starts out like Civil War, we kill some uh, Confederate traitors. Um, they go to uh, 1929 during the stock market crash. And then it's just like, okay, we're just going to go like five years into the past. <laughs> so, like, I, I gave it like a two and a half. Like, so you didn't think it went time cop enough. Yeah, like, I wanted it to be crazier. And, and like and, and like I said, I know it's a movie from the mid-90s. Uh, you know, J- John claude even though he was... A big action star didn't have the same pool as like a Schwarzenegger or Stallone, but that's my thoughts. Fair, yep. Pat. Uh, for me, I gave it uh, three stars uh, because, and on a similar boat with Jonathan, I do feel like it had a, a lot of potential with its premise to just to go some really far off places, like literally. But it, it kind of just kept, spun its wheels for a, a good bit of the movie, and it kind of just. It didn't go as far as I like it. Uh, there's still some fun to be had. I will say this is probably one of the best looking movies of like the older days because it has like to me like a really like high quality with its filming and like set design and like you know I think for the most part it's a well put together movie. It's just kind of like not a lot there, but 
to me, the most outrageous thing was the fact that a cop could buy a three-story Victorian mansion in New England because, goddamn, <laughs> that place was huge. Yeah, this motherfucker in the middle of goddamn Martha's Vineyard. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I, I guess the time cop pension pays a lot more. Evidently. <clears throat> Cannon, what do you think? Okay, um, first of all, you can't talk shit about mullets when your favorite is hard fucking targets, okay? Have you seen that Shawn Michaels-esque mullet on that man yeah, in that movie? It was pretty good time. <laughs> oh, JCVD I, with HBK. I feel <laughs> that Van Damme pulled off the Bride of Frankenstein look in this movie very well. Thank you very much. <laughs> anyway, oh, excuse me while I change the mood a bit. Um <laughs> When, when he, God, that was so disarming when they're like at the mall, kind of just hanging out, and it just goes straight to fuck town. <laughs> yeah, within like, the well, first like twenty minutes. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get back to that after Cannon finishes his point. Uh, so out of all the films that we have seen for this for this episode, this is by far my favorite. <laughs> I th- I feel that this is the best and my favorite Van Damme performance out of all these movies. I think his delivery is better in this film. Now, granted, he's had a lot of time to practice. Yeah, you know, because like English out- isn't his first language. Yeah, and outside of JCVD, I think this was the newest one yeah. we watched. Yeah, I had never it was actually se- right before Street Fighter. Actually, I take that back. I had never seen this movie. But like by six months, so you know it's close enough. I just thought that I, I remember the trailer, him and his whitey tidies doing a split on a kitchen counter, and that's all I remembered. And I rented it last night, and I don't regret spending a single penny of that three dollars <laughs> for this movie. A whopping three dollars. Whopping three doll hairs. I three gave dollary dues. I gave Time Cop a four stars. Wow. And I even said for a bit if I I would get the uh, Time Cop poster tattooed on my thigh. <laughs> I'm trying to convince him to get it on his left ass cheek. I want, if, I'm, if I'm getting the movie poster of Time Cop tattooed on me, I want to fucking see it. That's fair. I mean, Without looking into I, a mirror, okay? God damn it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Time Cop was one of, if not his biggest commercial success. It apparently uh, made a pretty good that, yeah. uh, bank, like over $100 million at the time. Like Time Cop and Street Fighter were his last two big successes, because yeah. then he did The Quest, which wasn't terrible. But He, he actually me, directed that one, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to watch that one for this, and but there, again, there was Time also, Cop. There was also the one, I forget the name of it, the one where he was in, like a Secret Service guy and the president, vice president was being held in a hockey rink. Oh, the Die Hard, but at a hockey rink. Yeah. I forgot the name yeah. of that. That one, one wasn't terrible, but it was very forgettable. But it, it wasn't until Double Team with Dennis Rodman that he had his first box office bomb, and it was downhill from there. That much I know for sure. Also, I had no idea. I mean, granted, how would I know? I've never seen this film. But uh, uh, Mia Sarah was in this film, and I just remember her from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, she plays um, Walker. That's John Claude Van Damme's character. Uh, uh, Melissa, Ranger. his wife. No, not the Texas Ranger. Uh, Walker, the uh, time cop. Ah. You see, you Grant, know- if I was a time cop, I would have had enough time to see all the fucking movies for this show. But, you know, <laughs> in this universe, time travel is just fucking, you know, discovered one day. 
And uh, this police officer, played by Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, is about to get a promotion to become a time cop. Time cop. <laughs> Which, I mean, I think it's self-explanatory. Why oh, yeah, yeah. Is. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have been chosen to police time. <laughs> you have, you're going to police. I mean, it's kind of it's like, like, like I imagine, like, Owen Wilson coming out, just being like, I mean, wow. it is funny, like, we watch this, like, after Loki wraps up. It's like, well, you know what? This is like um, inspiration for the TVA, inspiration for like fucking Minority Report. I'm pretty sure Time Cop was a comic book movie. I know. You see, we saw that. I had no idea until we saw, because I saw Dark Horse was involved. And also, um, at least from two of the movies we saw, I believe uh, uh, Jean-Claude owes Sam Raimi a big old high five because he funded a lot of his shit. Yeah, there was a lot of these movies when we were watching the credits was produced by Sam Raimi. Well, Sam Raimi was actually the the backup director and executive producer on Hard Target because it was John Woo's first film. So if the studio lost faith in... It was his first English. American, yeah. 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 If the studio had lost faith in John Woo, then Sam Raimi was going to be the one to take Mm -hmm. it over. You know, I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially uh, that era, Sam Raimi. mm -hmm. uh, But uh, before Time Cop becomes Time Cop, his wife is murdered. Gasp. Okay, let's back up a little bit. Because right before she is just obliterated. part, right? Right before. Oh, right before she's obliterated, huh? she, She is... They they go to Pound Town. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It, it was it was, it was steamy. It, it, it was like, spicy. It, it was not, sexy. My review on Letterbox. Best sex scene I've seen in a while. My review on Letterbox. I say like at least five minutes in, you get the camera goes right up Jaw Claude's hole. Like, like, like I, I, right I mean, there. Like when <laughs> I was saying earlier, <laughs> you see his asshole. We are not joking. <laughs> it's just right there. Like 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 I, the motherfucker is doing the splits in bed and just like make sure you get my one eyed starfish. Uh, speaking of Sam Raimi. You know, like that fucking the Sam Raimi shot where it's like, like the hyper zoom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they fucking did that to his butthole. <laughs> so just the Evil Dead tracking shot right up the sphincter. Yes, yeah. we've seen we've seen that two movies involving starfish. That's ah. peculiar. He's watch talking this. about the Suicide Squad. Yeah, which you need to watch. It's really it's good. It's fantastic. Oh, man. I didn't see Jean, Jean-Claude Van Damme, the Suicide Squad, is good. They're yeah. just like... <laughs> Uh, wax and petroleum jelly all over that lens screen, and he's just like mashing his wife's titties. I'm like, this is this is hot. I need, but yeah, but <laughs> it's like yeah. y'all need to stop. Y'all, y'all, <laughs> y'all do this is a little too heterosexual for me. Okay, <laughs> after Pound Town, uh, she dies That's, because the house explodes. Like the humongous ass explosion <laughs> you could imagine. Right, but right before you know he goes to work, you know at a time cop. Uh, place like these just jerk offs from the future show up looking just like fashion rejects because like you yeah. have like the who's like the big tough but he's like he has these metal bracelets on his go up his entire calves like shaved on top but just like the gushiest mullet just yeah, how come every like, like 90s you, movie they thought like future hair involved like a bald head but like three ponytails in the back or some shit yeah like, like it it never made a lot of sense to me it's I blame like, Mario Brothers for some reason I don't know <laughs> uh, it's yeah. like the uh, like a lot of these like goon minions like are like reject cyberpunk characters from like fucking Akira or something. But before shit. we continue, I do want to add before the house blows up, before he has to leave on a call that he gets, she says she has something very important to tell him. But then he says, Can I wait till I get back? And then she says, Sure. 
and then the house explodes. <laughs> honey, I forgot. Not to- that quick, but <laughs> it's like, honey, I forgot to tell you, there's a gas leak. <laughs> Honey, I blew up the house starring Rick Moranis. <laughs> Honey, there's been some weird beeping coming from the basement. I was just kidding. I can wait. It's Honey, fine. I shrunk our bank account. Really? That didn't land? God damn it. Oh, I thought it was I mean, funny. A lot, of, a lot dr- of money in damages, man. Come on. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you shrunk his bank account for buying this $3 million house. Anyway, we fast forward Time 10 cop. years into the future, and it's 2004. I, three <laughs> years before the clapper. Fuck off. <laughs> three years after the clapper. Damn it, I fucked up my own bitch. Shit. <laughs> God, the far distant future of 2004. It's only 10 distant. years after this movie is like set to come out. Yeah. So like, and it's, and it's fun to think we're watching this movie in 2021. So it's just like literally 18 years yeah, later. But, but it's like Jonathan said earlier, I loved when... Um, movies from a long time ago like gave us their vision of what the future would be I've always felt you know what I thought that weird square box uh, did you notice that there was like some wood paneling on it too they made it look like somewhat like a station wagon while looking like a box (laughs) (laughs) the the, the boxiest car in the match but like all this like needless accoutrements on it, like just like piping and like, bo- I felt like it was just like, I feel like I was gonna suffocate because just like, all this just shit in there, and but plus everything's covered in like a white carpet. So we like go to um, it's the twenties, right? Stock market. <laughs> crash. Yeah, nineteen twenty nine. Yeah, and um, this guy is there, and um. Like back to the future style, like instead of the sports almanac, he's slapping like a modern day USA Today on the table and he's like comparing uh, stocks and shit. It was going by so fast, I really didn't know what was going on. But he's like, you, you know, you got the general like gist. buying all kinds of stocks and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, this like, this ripple. Ooh. As cheesy as it was, I dug the ripple effect. Yeah, like the I, time ripples, like Jean Claude just like, whoop. You have to come with and me. And I will say for early. <laughs> 90s special effects not, the not bad not the yeah, yeah for like the basically what's the infancy of CGI it looked yeah. pretty okay yeah and um it turns out that this guy was his former partner and he is going back in time to just you know make money and then this uh, leads to uh down this road where they find out that this senator is eventually going to become corrupt and then run for president. A corrupt politician. Yeah. And what? Just a thought. And then what? he has his own prototype time machine that he goes back and makes little changes here or there to make put make uh, to put the election in his favor. And 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 it was around the time like the actual plot of the movie gets introduced where I was like, oh okay, yeah, because <laughs> like you said earlier, it opened with um uh. Some good old boys getting shot, <laughs> and um, and uh, and then in my, in current uh, two thousand well, two thousand four, um, something was purchased with the uh, Confederate bullion that they found. Yeah. Well, that the dude stole from them and murdered whatever. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, shenanigans ensue, as they often do. They often do. And, you know, I'm always a sucker for time travel. It's not the most tightly wound uh, time uh, travel movie, but... 
Especially, I still thought it was pretty fun for what it, it was. Yeah, like especially towards the end where like there there's the two John Claudes and it's like oh some of this is like a little so, wobbly, so wibbly like, wobbly, but I you know I, I'm here for it. The second movie where he has to like team up with himself to save today. Yeah, but um, oh shit. Uh, the way they uh, time traveled was a little wonky to me. I'm going to try to make this quick because I think it's about break time. Yeah, just about. All right. But uh, how they uh, go back in time is like this weird little car that's on tracks and they and they just go. But then when they arrive at their destination, they're just like either like fly out of the sky, out of the ripple, and just ah, land. I'm like, do they park this shit at like a... Uh, like a like a time machine uh, parking garage or some shit. I don't know. There's it's just weird. like a void in space where it's in there, and then they hit the little like wristwatch or some little gadget, and then they just appear back on the little spaceship, and then come back through the Stargate. What yeah. if what if it's like uh, when they go through that flash? There's a little midpoint where there's a big wall, like the crash test dummies used to hit, and the car hits it and just rockets them through the time windshield through the time vortex and just lands them there. Well, there and then it, when they go back, it, the ripple just drops them back in there. Just well, like, I don't remember the scene word for word, but um, um, Jaw Claude and somebody gets into the time machine and then uh, it's like, what happens when uh, we hit so-and-so? And he goes, maybe we should ask these two. He goes, oh, where are these two? And then he points and there's like two blood splatters on the <laughs> wall. And she's just like, big gulp. And just... <laughs> oh, the internal affairs lady. Was yeah, that, the, 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 uh, the black lady cop you guys who, remember who when, like had the unfortunate uh, uh, side effects of dying twice in this movie. Ugh. Do you remember yeah. when crash test dummies were popular for the kids? I had those toys. I had the shit. There was a cartoon <laughs> too. Yeah, I blame oh, them yeah. for my love of the Burnout series. Oh, that's such a fucking good series. It's great. The old you ones are so much better. Back. Yeah, bring back good right. Burnout. Yes, good Burnout. But um. Uh, Make good burnout great again. I guess we're going to take a break and wrap up Time Cop and then go no, on to got, other shit. We got a little time to wrap up Time Cop. Oh, we still got time to wrap up? Okay, yeah, cool. you got a few sure. minutes. Never mind. Uh, there was a bit in this movie where, and, uh, well, uh, let me just, just cut to the fucking end here. Uh, eventually, uh, the senator. Who um, changed up with his self? Yeah, his self. Uh, the, uh, another gimmick in this movie, you know, two pieces of matter can't occupy. Occupy the same space at once. That's the gimmick of this film. So, like, you know, if like there's two Martys and they touch each other, they're going to turn into a big old puddle of goop. Spoilers, apparently. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> that, so was, like, uh, that was a Veggie Tale like type effect on that shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because like the little ripple effect, not bad, but when like the bad guys moosh and goose into like this horror blob, it's like it's a little dodgy. Like it, it gave me. Flashbacks to when um, the bad guy in the first Blade movies just turned into a blood blob and exploded. Oh, that oh, Stephen Dorff effect. It was terrible. Mm. But uh, sometimes motherfuckers want to skate up. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes motherfuckers always trying to see ice skate uphill. Sometimes yeah, motherfuckers just want to take a time machine back home. <laughs> but uh, in the end, um, uh, Walker goes uh, back to his wife. They, uh, surprisingly enough, go back to the day where... Wait a minute. We're, I'm forgetting one major thing. The blood. The goop. The like, goop. why did he go for the blood? Because remember, that's how he found out that the thing that his wife was going to tell him that she's pregnant. And he yeah. goes to get blood. Oh, that's right. Because the, the cop, the other time cop, needed uh, like a blood, the blood work done or something. Right? 
Uh, I'll be honest. There, there's definitely some part of this movie that I just like. Uh, anyway, yeah, sure. the point is he finds his wife's blood vial in there too, with a file like wrapped around it or some shit, like, like a like scroll? a like a like a post-it note wrapped around it. And he finds out that she's pregnant. He's like, "Oh man, now I got a super saver." And then it leads to this like really circuitous plot where uh, John Claude Van Damme go basically saves her, and then. You know, saves the day, and then he goes back, and then everyone's he, he starts like talking about shit that happened, that technically happened in the past, or mate. But then wib- wibbly lobby timey wimey, and uh, <laughs> but like he's like, but everyone's like, what the fuck you talking about, bro? And it's like y'all work for like a time agency. Like if he's talking about shit you don't know, can't you just assume like yeah? They, they didn't have like the whole like variant thing. It's like oh yeah, this is the main timeline. This is the shit that spins out of control when you fuck up. But I will say like my minor gripes. Like I think uh, the the villain Macomb played by Ron Silver. I thought he was a little weak. Uh, I will say uh, I like a lot. It's always kind of a highlight to see uh, Bruce McGill in things. Mm-hmm. He was a. Uh, Matt Zuick, his friend, Time Cop's friend. Yeah. And uh, and you can uh, bleep this out if you have to because he might listen to the show or not. I don't know. But uh, when I saw the character Ricky, I, I was like, wow, how did Jesse score a role in this movie? Because <laughs> he was like the... the like, just for reference. Guy. like no, no, I, I remember that. <laughs> but, like, if Jesse was, like, a sleazy piece of shit. yeah, yeah. yeah. We love you, Jesse. Yeah, uh, you're awesome. we, we love you, Bleep, or whatever. What? Bleep. That's <laughs> uh, fine. We love Bleep from Bleep. Nobody knows. It's fine. But, Shout out to Bleep. But either way, uh, it, it's silly time travel um, shenanigans, and I this this was my favorite one out of the bunch we've seen. Uh, I will say, you know, it's it's as a fair. I do wish that the kind of climatic battles yeah. at the final act to the film. Was it in like a pitch black? Yes, house? God, that was yeah, fucking you annoying. Couldn't, like, see shit. That was stupid. I did hate that. And like you mentioned earlier, like the set design, and this was a really well shot film. Probably and, the best shot movie, in my opinion. I mean, like especially when you compare it to like the other early '90s film that he was in. Like they're they're contemporaries. They're right next door to each other, but like. The quality of film and like how it was filmed, it's like night and day how they look. Yeah. So like this is the the prettiest looking film, probably like <laughs> had like better cameras or like a new type of film. Either way, it's significantly different in, in terms of visuals. If you compare like Street Fighter and Hard Target, well, this but, one had the bigger budget for and sure. Time, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, good times, yeah, good times, uh, cops. So now we're gonna take a quick little break. Uh, to 99%, I'm going to reuse a commercial from before, so enjoy the commercial. <laughs> and we will be right back with Hard Target and Street Fighter and Bloodsport. John claude has a better kick than Chuck Norris. I mean, I would agree. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Caging Greatness. If you enjoy what you're hearing, stay tuned for the second half of tonight's show. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support the show financially, find our merch store at tpublic.com slash user slash greatness. Or just send us money. We appreciate money. Enjoy the rest of the show. 
and never let anyone cage your greatness. Jean-Claude did pull the camera out of his ass in time. <laughs> God, I wish we were recording that. I'm pretty sure we are. We did record the part about the camera in Jean-Claude's ass. We th- that is when you hit record? Th- this oh, oh, he was getting up. ready. I like, know. some shit with the stuff and I had to do the oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I yeah. just... We we we, oh. we just had, we couldn't pause it. We had to let it out. Oh, uh, we yeah. did have to like, let the feelings I'm out. I'm sorry. There. We had a polka dot man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Our, our bits prematurely made content. Uh, that sounds like a oh, you problem. Uh, prematurely God. content elated. Sounds like a you need to get your shit together faster problem. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Record <laughs> doing my best. Record every day, all the time. And then just put the the bet. Then we just have like a little special episode called "Best of the Bits." This is not the Truman Show, bruh. Well, it can be. But in case it isn't, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. God, I love that movie. It's a great movie. I've never seen it. And to all the Really? Yeah. It's something I've been wanting to see for years, just never got a chance. I feel like Carrie got robbed because he deserved the Oscar, at least a nomination. Mm -hmm. It's bullshit that he didn't get either. Uh, he was incredible in that. Everybody was incredible in that film, especially Ed Harris, who came in with like two days' notice. Damn. Yeah. I mean, granted, Ed Harris is a fantastic actor. Yeah, it's oh, so yeah. good. So good. Uh, anyway, Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's what we're discussing. Uh, so let's get to a movie that Pat didn't get the chance to watch. And I'm pissed because this was the gayest movie of the bunch. And I was like, God, God damn it. So, so much so, yes. Bloodsport. <laughs> uh, so, Jonathan, what was your Bloodsport rating? All right, I'm not going to rub the tip. I'm just going to go out and say this was my favorite. I'm not going to say the thing I've set, been saying ad nauseum. You should say it. Uh, I'm, because, I, the, because the audience hasn't heard it. The audience here. hasn't heard it. But I know y'all are sick and tired of me saying it. <laughs> no. Here. Me, I am a slut for tournament movies. Boom. Yeah. And just like I love martial arts, like like I'm a, I love Bruce Lee, I love all that shit, right? And this is just like Mortal Kombat before Mortal Kombat without the supernatural shit. And I don't know. It, we'll get into the specifics, but like it's fucking good. It's a good time. What was your rating? Uh, four. Pat, I love you. Cannon, what was your rating? Oh, uh, uh, three and a half. Fair. Thoughts on the movie? Uh, I thought that, uh, he did the splits a lot. Uh, what no, was, no, 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 no. I really, what was the I, final count? Cause uh, seven. Seven, I yes, believe, right. yes. Uh, but I will say, I, I did enjoy this movie. I, I thought the, uh, the bad guy was the whitest man from uh, tit to neck I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, from like booby up. Yeah, everything Dude else was, was very narrow massive. on him. Yeah. Um Bolo Young's A. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, Bolo Young's fantastic. I thought the I thought the story was cool. Wait, uh, uh, hold on. Forrest Whitaker was in this movie? Yes. Yeah. Yes, Holy a shit. very young Forrest very, Whitaker. Very I didn't Forrest know Whitaker. he was in this movie. Like he had hair and everything. Yeah. yeah. But uh I I legitimately had a good time. Three and a half. Yeah. yeah. So, Very yeah. cool. I will say, like, I had, for me, this was the inverse of Time Cop, where, like, it started out and I'm like, I am not having a good time. But by the end of it, I'm like, this is, like, maybe the best fucking movie ever. 
maybe not that extreme, but you, you know. Yeah, I I will say I, I mean we'll get to the the bits that I really enjoyed about. It. Well, again, as I said in the beginning of the show, this has been one of my favorite movies for many many moons. Uh, so yeah, no, it's a five star. Like this movie is just about the perfect '80s action movie to me. Uh, Bolo Young's fantastic in it. You know, Forrest Whitaker's there. Fucking Ray Tiny Jackson, who played Ogre in Revenge of the Nerds, uh, is one of my all-time favorite character actors. Yeah. Just from two things, and he was also in Bloodsport too. The only returning character. Really? Really? On that fact alone, I will check it out. Wow, that, that's what he's looking like these days. You know what? It's not good on him. Who, Bolo Young? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, great, great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I loved him in the Revenge of the Nerds movies. He, my headcanon is that that's the same character. Yeah. <laughs> he graduated college and decided to take up <laughs> tournament fighting in the <laughs> underground. He was just like, I must go to the Kumite. Hey, so, see, that's the thing. Like, you think you're going to do one thing at going through college and then you get out of it, you get a completely different career path. And when you know it, it's blood sports. Well, I think it, I mean, if, if that is indeed your headcanon, it kind of fits that, uh, and I don't mean to jump ahead, but you know, we do this shit all the time. When his character is introduced in the movie, he's kind of portrayed as a little bit of a sleazeball because he's trying to get the attention of that woman on the bus. Yeah, you know? and, and he's kind of being a... A gross man. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way I can yeah. describe it. And just then like, almost like an ogre. Ooh. Yeah. Like, you know, just like being like sleazy and sexist and <clears throat> shit. But then like that's really like the only time in the movie after that like after like Jean-Claude gives him a stern talking to they're like best buds no they, yeah. they, they, there wasn't even a stern talking to they bonded over video games remember? oh yeah that's right He uh, Jean-Claude beat the fuck out of him in a video game because I thought a very that scene, Street Fighter-esque video yeah, game I thought that um, scene was gonna I thought the next shot was gonna be Jean-Claude going hey leave her alone or whatnot. but you know that didn't happen in the next shot there in this um, hotel playing a uh, Video games. So, yeah, playing video games. So I'm going right? to give the overview for the movie plot. All right. Jean-Claude Van Damme plays Frank Dukes. Uh, he goes AWOL to fight in a tournament because he was trained by a man whose son died in said tournament. So he goes to win the tournament. He meets a reporter lady whom he has sex with. He meets Ray Tiny Jackson who he very clearly wants to have sex with. Oh, oh yeah, like they like they have more <laughs> sexual chemistry than he does with the reporter. Not he, wrong. Because <laughs> the, the lady's just there to throw off the gay vibe. It, it's yeah. just like a bunch of home, no homo. After they meet, he fights in the tournament while having flashbacks to his training. He wins the tournament. He goes back to the army. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's very straightforward. There's a very long flashback at the very beginning. I was like, there was one point. I look at Jonathan. I'm like, how fucking long is he standing in this living room staring at this sword? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Because sort of like the overall like plot construction, how it delivers the exposition of wh- where we're getting to for the Kumite is he he uh, goes to his master's house and he sees the katana sitting on the mantelpiece. And just stares at it and has this like it had to be like thirty minute flashback. I thought at least twenty minutes, like dead ass. Now, the most enjoyable part of this movie to me is something I went over with you guys 
because uh, I got here right as you were finishing the movie uh, before we watched Suicide Squad, which is fantastic. So it's you guys very good. Go watch it. So great. So great. Is it this movie says it's based on a true story mm. of the real life Frank Dukes mm. who claims to have 50 something martial arts records. Mm. Here's the thing. Mm. Mm-mm. Frank Dukes. It's a bit of a bullshitter. <laughs> a bit. It's just a wee bit. Putting it mildly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he only ever had one witness to the Kumite he supposedly fought in, who immediately backtracked on every statement he made and said he was coached by Frank Dukes. He tried to present a picture of himself in his service uniform. The medals were all out of place. Because they have to be in a particular order. And the, the, the there was a particular one. I want to say, hang on, I'm looking it up now. Cause was it the Medal of Honor? It that was, was the Medal of Honor, but the one in the photograph is the one given to the Army, and Frank Duke claimed to be a Marine. <laughs> ah. And then he, uh, he said that the military was trying to wash away his service record to discredit him, and then he said it was just a Halloween costume. <laughs> uh, let's see. He claims to have been... Okay, all, all the Kumite shit. Uh, yeah. No one ever uh, corroborated any of it, except for the one guy who was a friend of Frank Dukes's who was told to do it, who then backtracked. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. His... Uh, <laughs> this is my favorite one. His master was named Sinzo Tiger Tanaka who apparently, according to all the research done, did not exist. Uh. And uh, also had the same name as a ninja commander from the Ian Fleming James Bond novel, You Only Live Twice. Oh. Mm. To which Frank Duke said, Fleming used to base his characters on real people. Yeah. So the level of detachment from reality <laughs> this man has is fucking unreal. I, I want I want to know this like where's the documentary following this guy how he just bullshits <laughs> him his way into like Hollywood. I got a picture for you. Well, it's about and, and, me. And and knowing what little I do about like martial arts movies in particular, it's surprisingly common how much people just like make shit up. Yeah, I fought the 99 Dragons and claimed a dagger. You, you going to tell me no? And, and there's like no record of the any of this existing. And to bring it back, this is by far the best part. <clears throat> Someone asked him, what happened to the sword you were presented with at the Kumite? And he says he sold it in a failed attempt to buy the freedom of a boat full of orphans who he later rescued from pirates right before he stopped a plot to assassinate Steven Seagal. I don't know. That that might have really happened. <laughs> but knowing what we, we, we know of Steven Seagal, I feel like 
both those goals are counterintuitive. Just, it, I think it was Steven Seagal who put the kids on the boat in the first place, and the assassination <laughs> were the were the good guys trying to stop them. So probably, I'm just I'm cherry picking the best parts. But this is all on his Wikipedia page. That's Frank, normal Frank, not Postman Frank, but just F R A N K. Dukes is spelled D U X. Look for disputed claims. That's where you want to go for the good <laughs> shit. It yeah. might be the longest part of his page. It is three times the size of everything else on that Wikipedia page. However, <laughs> despite him being a lying sack of shit. Right. He told a good story. Yeah, Bloodsport. Really yeah, good. Bloodsport. Like the movie is actually really good. Like Bloodsport and Kickboxer, which you would also like. Yeah, that that one, uh, Kickboxer. Just to give you the brief summation, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme is the corner man for his brother who does some kickboxing. His brother challenges uh, Tong Po, the like the crime sort of leader of the whole uh, Thailand kickboxing area. And gets just his shit wrecked. Like his his back is broken. He's in a wheelchair. He's paralyzed. Like Tombo just fucks him up, right? And so Jean Claude's like, I have to avenge my brother, who sounds American, even though I am clearly not. But we say that I was raised in France to explain away the discrepancy. That's the last time I'll be doing this in my career. And so he finds uh, his brother's teacher, and he gets taught how to do uh, Muay Thai. And then he challenges Tongpo who takes his brother and his lady friend hostage. Lady friend is the daughter of the person who trained him. Of course. <laughs> Naturally. Uh, there's also a funny drug-addled black sidekick, because why not? It's the 80s. Yeah. Well, but Christmas like, why? Yeah. And, <laughs> why uh, this stereotype? And then they, they, they fight in an underground uh, arena where they dip their hands in glue and then dip them in glass and then fight each other like that. Hell yeah. <laughs> and that part was lampooned in Hot Shots Part 2, starring Charlie Sheen, where he dipped I, his hands in chocolate and then in gummies and crushed up Oreos. And if I remember correctly, that was actually uh, replicated in a very old uh, ECW match. Yeah. yeah I forgot the participants. And to bring but. it even further into wrestling, they rebooted Kickboxer not too long ago, where Van Damme plays the wise old teacher and Dave Batista. Is Tongpo. Also, mm. they use swords and Batista dies. Because in the original, Tongpo didn't die. And then in the very beginning of Kickboxer 2, they have a new character because nobody came back. So, oh no! Jean Claude and his brother were assassinated by the bad guys. Your happy ending is worthless. Fuck you. But nobody saw that because it was direct to video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the. Oh, wait, there was a. Four uh, blood sports I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and so honestly, uh, when you guys watch Kickboxer, because I'm sure you'll want to, it's fun. There will be points where you can't remember which one is which. They blend together really, really well. I believe it. Yeah, because they sound like very similar movies. I didn't. There there was a moment in the movie where um, it, and I, I think uh, we talked about it when we were watching. Um, It seemed like uh, as the rounds progressed, the mat changed for some reason. Yeah, like, first it was, like, you know, just a square, giant square thing, like, mat. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, like, by the end, it's, like, a lot skinnier, and the ends are elevated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like a 
crappy half like, I pipe. shit you not I, I swear it evolved like it was like just just big flat uh, almost like wrestling ring size square and then it turned into almost like a rectangle and then by the end of the movie it was almost a skate ramp <laughs> yeah basically yeah um, it was odd it's not like it's just like the super smash no I, I'm, I know they did that in the movie for for reasons I'm, and I'm not saying that like it fucked with me or anything I thought it was kind of cool but I was just like you know it, it's something they don't really address if, that if I one of the one of the ways to uh, eliminate your opponent is literally just knocking them off the board and if you do that well shit at that point, I would just like move out the way, let the dude swing and fall off. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But granted, some of the dudes are really big. Yeah, like the main villain, like I said, like when I say he is wide from titties to his neck, but everything else is just like normal body size, That that's legit. Like, also, the, like the man really loves chest day. Yeah, no, he was a competitive bodybuilder. I believe it. Yeah. He was also in a couple like Bruce Lee movies, right? He was. And apparently he's like the nicest, sweetest guy in real life. That's Hell awesome. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. For a man who played almost exclusively villains in his career. Yeah, and he's a bastard in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, he sucks. But I will say for somebody who is just the shittiest of shit heels, the way he celebrates, uh, I swear, it's it's like... It's like you're telling a a, a, a five year old uh, that they're going to Chuck E. Cheese for their birthday. It's like yeah, just waving their arms around. You know what? Like up and down, like yeah. It's a. Ter- I mean, God, I hate to bring this up, but you know what it reminds me of? Lex Luger going the torture rack symbol. Like- uh, no, but Eugene. Oh God, yeah. No, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> it reminds me of the fucking uh, Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves memes where he's like shrunk. <laughs> Wake up, mommy! I pissed the bed. Well, but, the reason uh, why he's he can only move his arms up and down a little bit because like it's literally his pecs are so big they're. <laughs> Deflect any other range of movement. He's just like, eh. Like, if he raises his hand to answer a question, like, he'll, like, tear his titty off like Triple H's quad mm-hmm. taking a step. Just, oh. like, oh, just, just to provide a bit more context mm-hmm. to earlier, when yeah. Cannon said Eugene, that's not someone we know personally. It's a, a wrestler named Nick Dinsmore who, in the WWE, portrayed a character named Eugene who was general manager Eric Bischoff's nephew and who was also, unfortunately, very mentally handicapped. And was portrayed as such in an over-the-top, stereotypical way that even for the mid-2000s was incredibly distasteful. Yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, that, it wasn't good uh, at that's, all. That's, that's <laughs> You mean gross. to tell me that Vincent, <laughs> Mr. McMahon <laughs> is not a bastion of good taste? And <sighs> Believe it or not, Vincent Kennedy McMahon might just be a giant shithead. It, it just seems like it, the, the, he he's like... <clears throat> fucking breaking world records of how much of a piece of shit he can be. <laughs> it's just like any time where I'm like, okay, I found bedrock. It's like, no, yep. we haven't even got close to that shit. Nope. Just, just imagine the day he dies, like, and finally all the fetters are, t- are torn off and everybody comes out of the woodwork. You won't believe this shit. Like, everybody, <laughs> everybody has a tell-all. Yep. I will say um, the the friendship between uh, him and Ogre was one of the highlights of this movie for me. I really loved them as buds. Yeah, yeah, because, was, because 
It uh, felt sincere. Yeah, because like, Ray Jackson, you, you, he just really cared. Yeah. He really fucking cared. Like, he seems like the sort of guy you'd want to be your pal. Yeah, like, like I'm so mm-hmm. glad he didn't die in that movie. I yeah. thought that was it for him. Yeah, I, I thought we were... Oh, never mind. I was... I'm not going to talk anymore. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, like like you, I was like, oh no, he's going to die because you know, of course, he goes up against the villain Chong Lee. Yeah, not to be confused with Chun Lee from Street Fighter, which, which we'll, we'll get, get to. Which we'll get which to. We'll get to. <laughs> but um, uh, skipping past like the first thirty minutes because that's the most forgettable part of the movie. Yeah, once like the actual like fighting starts, like the matches are like rapid fire. Like it, it's a bunch of characters aren't even named but they have like very distinct characters just in the way they fight yeah and and like and 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 most fights go about like 30 seconds to a minute which most real fights do in the beginning of the film uh well somewhat i don't know like yeah after the beginning you get like a brief like like montage of like like most of the fighters that are there and you get to see like how their actual fighting style is and I mean, it's actually you know pretty cool, you know, and it has that you know everybody loves the Towers music, you know, yeah, yeah like like a rip off Top Gun yeah. sort of thing, yeah, and it, you know it's all in good fun. And then like the actual like soundtrack is like very like synthy eighties. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's but rip. then people start singing, and that's when you're like, ew. Yeah, I was just like, mm, <laughs> we cannot do this. Is there an instrumental version, perhaps? Yeah, but um, and also the, the 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 reporter character. This this is this is one of, one of the low points to me at least. Uh, oh, uh, hands down. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it. It was one of those that really didn't need to be in the movie. Like you could but, cut that character out of the movie entirely and lose nothing. Yeah, because for like she's a reporter. She's known about this. Uh, quote unquote secret fighting tournament for years so she knows what happens here she knows there's ultra violence she knows people die here and whatnot she's there to try to learn more and she's in like the hotel bar where all of them are staying like trying to get some scoops and shit and then you know later on you know she you know eventually gets feelings for dukes yeah (laughs) and um and then actually ends up attending one of the fights and then all of a sudden just has a change of heart. Just like, oh no, this is so bad. I was like, but you knew this was bad. I, and I mean, and for a it's tournament, it's a cliche. Oh, the uh, I, I my conscience. Oh no. Oh, the brutality. Oh, but like, it's so bad. But like, for a full contact fighting tournament, tournament like, like even in the the story, isn't really that. I mean, of course, it's going to be violent. There's yeah. going to be blood and stuff, yeah. but it's not like the worst. Yeah, and, and, it's not and, actually Mortal Kombat. Or like, yeah, 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 yeah. are getting like ripped out of. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's like like really strict rules to it too. Yeah. Like, you can't fight outside the ring, or you get disqualified. And there are a lot of studies that actually show that bare knuckle and, <laughs> and just you know regular fighting without gloves or pads and whatnot is less dangerous than like modern day boxing gloves. Oh yeah, like they say, right. like. Uh, UFC is, is more is safer than just boxing because because you have like more of padding on your hands mm-hmm. you're not yeah. holding back yeah. and well the boxing glove <laughs> spreads all that force around so it moves mm-hmm. the entire head which leads to more traumatic brain injury 
Yeah, no, that, <laughs> it's sort of like with uh, they say rugby is a lot safer than American football mm-hmm. because you're, you're all padded up. You're, you're just reckless abandon. Right. I didn't mean to like start giggling after you started talking about head injuries, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I just had a, a fucking a, a, <laughs> fucking CTE. No, the funniest shit ever. No, I just stands for a comedy time. Anytime. I just remembered <laughs> while uh, Jonathan and I were watching the film that I said at one point, it's like, wow, a young Dana White is watching this, and you know this is how <laughs> UFC was born. Oh, yeah. Like, 100%. Like, no doubt. No I mean, doubt in my mind. Because, yeah. like, what was that shit that happened, like, during, like, the heavy part of COVID? Like, he was at, he was going to get an island and have yeah. people fight on it. That's yeah. blood sport. Yeah. Yes. Which, which, like, honestly, like, this is about as violent as UFC. Like Chong Lee does kill a guy at one point, and you know, and that, and people kind of like. Well, no, the reaction from the crowd to that was so clearly uh, designed to make you understand that doesn't happen. It shouldn't happen. How dare he? Yeah, but they they but it kinda, does happen. They it, established it, that it has happened. Yeah, a time yeah and they kind of let it slide, but it's like frowned upon or yeah. like because uh, he intentionally murdered that dude. Yeah, yeah. Like it's uh, one thing to accidentally kill a guy. I think they they tried to make that clear. It's one thing to accidentally kill somebody, but like Chong Li just fucking murdered him. Yeah, yeah, and, and like, is it when he he beats the shit out of Ray Jackson, where like the guys running the tournament like turn their back on him, literally? Yeah. yeah. Where the, like Wait, he, he's no, like no no, no it, it was, that, it was when he actually yeah. killed one of that the was people. that was what I said the, the reaction when he okay, killed him, yeah. that's when they turned their back yeah yeah they, they uh, he, he was like trying to seek approval and they're like fuck this shit yeah. man yeah I mean the people there know what they're in for like there's people like just like just openly betting on fights yeah they're mm-hmm. there to watch they blood sport <laughs> it's a sport you see so for blood real quick to wrap up blood sport blood. Pat mentioned Mortal Kombat yup. So the creators of Mortal Kombat, a lot of people know this, and I think I've mentioned it on the show before. Uh, the creators of Mortal Kombat wanted to make a Jean-Claude Van Damme fighting game. And, uh, you know, there's no real concrete evidence what it was going to be based on. A lot of people think Universal Soldier, because that was what popped at the time. But, the, you know, there, it said that they sent a still of Van Damme from Bloodsport to, uh, but, but put their own assets behind it, like the levels and shit, and sent it to them as a proof of concept. But, you know, he backed out, so they just made Mortal Kombat, and the character that was going to be Van Damme turned into Johnny Cage, who they named after, that's right, Nicolas Cage. And then he does the split punch yep. to the nuts like he does in this movie. Also, yeah. that was supposed to be a shot to the bladder, not the balls. The bladder. Yeah, no, that's oh, well, well, yeah, that's like a legit like tactic in a fight because yeah. like you can hit someone in a bladder and it fucks them up. Yeah, so it wasn't supposed to be a nut shot, but that's what it looked like. Or you can hit them in the balls. <laughs> yeah, that too. Did we say our star ratings for Bloodsport? I did. I yeah, said yeah, I said four. Okay, uh, three and a, three and a half for uh, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I said five. I also, piss the sword in the balls. And that, that's whoo. not. <laughs> and, and and out of all these movies, has the record for the most Van Damme splits. Yeah, we at, counted seven. There were at a lot. Seven, and uh, the final fight, man, he's channeling that fucking Bruce Lee. Yeah, just, what? just the grunts and noises he's making. Yep. just like and, every and, vein you can see pulsating. In and his when body. like fucking Chong Lee like literally like pocket sands his ass, yeah. he's just like. Oh. And, I, and I finally saw the fucking gift. Just, ah, you just can't see. Fuck. So good, Otto. What did you think of Bloodsport? 
He, he liked, liked it. it. Why don't you blink? So, for the next movie. He's dead on the inside. <laughs> now, this isn't my favorite Van Damme movie. Well, that's the one we're talking about last. Yeah. But this one is right there with it. Like, this is a close second. Yeah, like, this was my favorite. I definitely say it's not, like, ob- like objectively the best. There is a lot, like, you could criticize about it, but I just love, like, the structure. I love how, like, like I said, there's a lot of fights, but they're, like, really quick. Yeah. Like, even the fights themselves are, like, montages, except for, you know, like, the main ones involving main characters. And whatnot. Yeah, yeah, there's some that are definitely longer. It's like, I, I, too, enjoy, like, a good tournament movie. It's like, we, we talked about it, like, I've seen a lot of martial, like, a lot of martial arts movies, especially when I was younger. Like, I knocked out all of, like, the, like, the old uh, Jackie Chan movies left and right. And, um, but I really, I enjoyed this more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I, I had a good time. Yeah. yeah. Also, this is, like, like, fuck it, he looked young. Yeah, it was like like 80, 80, 88. Yeah, 88. It was his first major major movie. Yeah, and then from that to like even like Hard Target, it's like wow, he aged now, up. And Hard bit. Target is the one I was talking about. Yeah. Like I legit yeah. was searching for his first credited role where his character name is legit gay karate man. Yeah. He is listed as gay karate man. Yeah. <laughs> gay karate and man. And like, I, I thought I could find it. The movie, I forgot what it's called, but it's it's legit only, it's under an hour. Mm-hmm. I was even looking for it on YouTube. Couldn't find it anywhere. So now we're moving on to Hard Target. My second favorite Van Damme movie. I love this movie. Jonathan, what was your rating? What did you think of Hard Target? Uh, I gave it three and a half. This is definitely the most like, but the fucking sane one. I will say that it's John Woo's first uh, English language movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, John Woo, John Woo. You know, there's doves. I, I was actually <laughs> doing. We were doing like a dove slash bird counter, and I lost track. I was just <laughs> like, fuck it. We legit got to about fifty, and we said, fuck it. That sounds about right. And, and it's all in like the last 15 minutes. But so, um, so three and a half stars from you. Yeah. Pat, what did you think of Hard Target? You mean Harry Target? Harry Target. Hard Target. Hard Target. Yeah, Hard Target, it was a, a goofball of a movie. I, I appreciate how silly it was and, and its weird moments of like. Uh, seriousness, but I, I had a good time with it. I uh, believe I gave this three and a half. That's fair. Canon? Uh, again, it's weird. We are almost always on the same wavelength. I also gave it three and a half. Uh, never seen this movie again. It was batshit insane. <laughs> it had uh, a really strong villain, in my opinion. Like, I really dug the villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we'll we'll get to what this movie is, but with my first viewing, yeah, three and a half. I had had a good time. Also, the uh, uh, the lead actress doesn't blink. <laughs> she does not. Well, that, that's probably from all the substance that she's abused over the last thirty years. Well, it, well, well, that way, I, I wouldn't think before. But Yancey Butler, I made the joke that she was like the prototype for Denise Richard, just like big baby doll I mean, blue that's eyes, a fair comparison, and then yeah. just like really sharp eyebrows. So, like I said, this eyebrow is, game on. This is probably my second favorite Van Damme movie. 
Like I love Bloodsport, and I gave it a higher rating than this, but that's because it's better. This is my favorite, other than the one we'll talk about later. Uh, I gave this four and a half stars because it's batshit insane. Uh, because the villain, like you said, Lance Henriksen and Arnold Vosloo as like the, the one-two punch, oh, they are fantastic. Man. And this movie is actually based off the most dangerous game. Yep, I mean, that, yeah, that book where you know, I, rich people hunt people. Yeah, I think it was like initially supposed to be a, like a more direct adaptation, and then yeah. John Claw got involved, and he's like, "We so, need, yeah. we need to make me look cool." And uh, well, actually, it was a lot of John Woo. Like once he got oh, John really? Claude, he was like, "Well, now he I've got someone who can do all the fight scenes I want to put in this." Yeah, and I mean, and like, and this is something we haven't really talked about. Man, fucking John Claude's doing most of his stunts. Yeah, well, Bloodsport, he did all. There were no stuntmen in Bloodsport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, there were a lot of like wide shots where like it's like, oh like, yeah, clearly, you're not faking any of yeah. that. And clearly, Jean Claude wasn't the one surfing on a motorcycle while also firing at an oncoming SUV. That is true. That that is very. There are definitely John like Wood. some like some high end <laughs> vehicular stunts and like otherwise dangerous moments where they couldn't have. <laughs> Uh, even his ability is like, you know what? You may be good, but we don't want to risk you breaking your neck. Uh, do you know what movie was also based on the most dangerous game? That's right. The Pest starring John Leguizamo. <laughs> God damn it. I was going to say The Condemned starring Stone Cold Steve Austin, but I mean, I mean yeah. yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> I just like bringing up The Pest and making people remember that that movie's a real thing. <laughs> like, I, I never knew that movie existed until I met Well, y'all. you know who played You're the welcome. most dangerous game for real? Hmm. O.J. Simpson. God damn it. <laughs> but, oh, God. Did y'all, Allegedly. Did y'all, did y'all hear that quote uh, that he put out the other day? That the, reason, that the quote is, he doesn't he doesn't go to L.A. anymore because he's afraid he might sit next to the real killer on a bus. Oh, dear. Are, are you... Is he is scared that, he's going to see his reflection or is that, that's, re- that's real. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I, I saw a tweet of him being uh, being like, all right, guys, coronavirus is real. You need to wear a mask. And I did see an article that he's thinking about a uh, juiced resurgence. Like like the 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 failed show. Yeah, maybe? like his version of Punked. Yeah. I'm okay. No, I'm no. Good. God. That, yeah, yeah, I read that the other day, and Just it is breathing. fucking it's so bad. I can't no. believe this is real because it's not. I just said that last bit to get. He's still reeling from the first thing. Yeah, I'm just. I mean, I guess at least he's not into COVID denial. Yeah. <laughs> In in this in this one area, <laughs> this this one specific area, we can say OJ Simpson is based. You see, this one specific instance, he's better than Joe fucking Rogan. So the story of Hard Target. <laughs> The other, the other day I, I realized at work, I was like, you know what? It's been a while since um, uh, Captain Shimmy's brought up O.J. Simpson, so I figured I would help him out a little bit. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> oh my God. But hard target, though. Hard target. Hey, okay, okay. The basic story of hard target is that Lance Henriksen and Imhotep from The Mummy uh, help rich people hunt homeless people for sport. Not just homeless people. Yeah. Specifically combat veterans. Right. Because they make hard targets. Nah. Nah. Uh, and then Yancey Butler, who went on to play Witchblade and then have several DUIs. Um, she Damn. shows up looking for her father. 
who who gets killed in like the first scene in the yes, movie. Yes, he is the first casualty. Uh, and flashes some money and gets mugged, but Van Damme is there because, you know, why not? I, I feel like there there's a that particular scene in a lot of his movies. Like or, it was in Kick Oh not not Kick. See, like I've even seen Kickboxer. I'm getting these two confused. <laughs> Told you. It's, it's in a Blood Sport. It's yep. in Hard Target. Yep. It was in, it was in one of the other ones we watched. It's like there the introductory also, like scene to show like oh he's a badass and this is the way we demonstrate that by having this beat up a bunch of street toughs. There was also a bar fight in the Quest. It opened up with it, but it was old Van Dam doing the bar fighting. Old before. man Van Damme. Because Dam. the story of the Quest is he's telling the story of the time he won a sick ass martial arts tournament as a young man. Ah. Yeah, it's really derivative. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we so, call that in the business self plagiarism. <laughs> uh, yeah, or uh, the classic CCR example. You remember when the lead singer of Creedence Clearwater Revival got sued for sounding too much like himself on his solo shit? Yep. Oh. VH1 reminded me of that one. Oh, yeah, God. there you go. <laughs> and then there's, there's that time that Metallica, after after starting <laughs> this very stringent like copyright strike thing, got copyright strike on Twitch. Yeah, <laughs> we're playing their own. Yeah, music yeah they were playing their own shit, and then Good. fuck Lars Ulrich. That was hilarious. Yeah. That was which one of I the mean, granted, Napster that has ever happened in recent memory. Like, like Napster. Yeah, that did fuck over a lot of like smaller artists. But it was yeah, Lars Ulrich is. You already had annoying. as much money as you ever needed in your life, Lars. Like, it spread <laughs> oh, it around. God, yeah. So hard target. Hard target. Hard target. Again, we're we're you know we're we're running out of time. On, before we need to go to a second break, if Ooh, we need to, first time, break. second break, it maybe it depends. I don't know if we can get this one and Street Fighter in twenty. You minutes. know, it'd be a good bit to have two breaks because you know there's there's five movies talking about. You know, yeah, break it accordingly. And so. then before the show, Justin was like, "You know, I don't think we're going to go that long." I was like, "Oh, honey, <laughs> just, just you wait. My this is going to be three time. fucking hours." Well, I said that is reverse psychology. You see. He was trying to make this show last 45 minutes, knowing that that wasn't going to happen. No, I knew that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> no, I was thinking maybe an hour and a half, but you know, you guys had a lot to say about Time Cop. I was about Cop. to say, like, I mean, Time Cop was uh, great. I did not anticipate having that much to say about Time Cop. But, what, uh, what can I say? I am passionate about my Time Cops. That's fair. I'm planning the tattoo on my thigh as we speak. But Hard Target. Okay. Hard that, Target. That's the one that's going on my butt. Also, uh, we mentioned it earlier. John Claude's mullet, fucking ten out of ten. It's a good mullet. It's flowing. It's dripping. Like it, it still very, has all the water in very it. Very reminiscent of Superman's mullet when he came back from the dead. I was gonna say yep. very reminiscent of Billy Ray Cyrus and Achy Breaky Heart. Oh, it's a yes. much better mullet than that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no, th- like I said, this is like your standard like, uh, <laughs> like early nineties, uh, like a uh, new generation mullet from a uh, WWF, like a wet baby oiled Shawn Michaels like diesel mullet, always shiny, always scared you're gonna like accidentally touch it and be like, ew, where's the sanitizer? It's <laughs> almost a Jerry curl, almost yes, uh, yeah, yeah. And then so, going from like blood sport to this, it was like, what the fuck? Well, that was yeah, about five years <laughs> of a difference. Yeah, oh, and yeah. I mean, a lot can happen like, in five years. I love, like, the pattern we watch these movies in, in, <laughs> in hindsight because it's just like, wow, we went in the, the most wild random it. fucking order ever, <laughs> and I, it was a fun journey. So Yancey Butler's looking for her dad. Yep. She gets mugged. Jean-Claude helps her. He's trying to get on a boat so he can make some money, but he needs to pay his union dues. 
after she offers him, like, I'll give you money to help me find my dad. And he's like, it's not my problem. And so they're like, oh, you can't get on the boat because you owe money. And he's like, I'll get the money. And so he's like, I'll take your money. And so they try to find her dad. They don't find her dad. Then they find the dad's body, uh, thanks to the only detective working who isn't on strike or some such, uh, who also ends up very dead because, of course, the only two good people of color in the film end up very dead. Yep. Very dead. Like, Which I think they're like the only two people of color in the movie. Well, I, I mean, technically Arnold Vosloo is South African with with uh, you know, hints of other things in there. Oh, okay. I don't think he's he's you know, Caucasian as such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's, just, yeah. he's just a light-skinned, like, yeah, yeah. worse with a mixed yeah, that, that, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, they, they look for a dad. They find the dad's body. Cop decides to help them. Cop dies. And so then, because, like, because fucking Nancy Butler's like, I'm a sick. My Mary head out the window. Then right when they start, I'm just start unloading onto this open street with this gun. And it's yeah. like you dumb bit. Okay, I'm, I'm going to pause right quick. Okay. We're going. We're going backtrack to when right when uh, well, I was just giving the overview of the movie in case we don't get to it, and then we go to the parts we like. I, I was just going to say my favorite quote of the movie. Sure, <laughs> because. Uh, it was around this point in the movie, uh, Jean Claude goes, he goes back to the building where they found her dad dead, and he, you know, he finds the second dog tag. Then gets ambushed by some goons, where one of them fucking says, and this is like top five quotes of movie history: "Tell that girlfriend of yours to point her titties north and step on the gas." <laughs> oh, and another fun bat. Those two goons, their names were freaking Frack. Fantastic. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's the type of movie this is. So basically, the people doing the hunt, Lance Henriksen, getting mad because Van Damme's fucking with their shit. And so they hunt him, like, we're going to hunt him down before we leave. Uh, and he runs and finds his uncle who raised him, who is a Cajun, played by Wilford Brimley. Who's just sniping motherfuckers with a bow and arrow He's on a horse. Like, this man is like, if Hawkeye was a walrus. Yeah. Oh, and, man. Uh, and then they fight, and Van Damme wins. And he and his uncle and Yancey Butler go off into the sunset together all happy. But in the interim, before we get to that, uh, there are a few moments that I made sure I wanted to talk about. Okay. All right. Let's. So one is Arnold Vosloo's performance, I thought, was fantastic. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's great. Lance Hendrickson's really fucking good. Hendrickson was great. But I, I loved Vosloo's cadence as he's speaking with that slight South African accent he has. It was very menacing, especially when he cut that one fat guy's ear off with oh, yeah. scissors. Yes. Yeah. That's fucked up. With well, a, well, like a great bit scissors. is when the same fat guy tries to answer a phone to the ear that was just cut off. <laughs> and he's just like, ah, fuck. It's like, this That's is what funny. gets me like, other than this movie, like the bits that I remember from the Darkman sequels and Mummy and the Mummy Returns, I've never seen him in anything. And seeing him in this that is a disservice to him because Jesus Christ, he was really good in this. Yeah. Like, like and this is totally <laughs> similar subject, but like when I was like imagining him, him in my mind, even though he has hair in this movie, I'm imagining him bald. 
I mean, same. Like I literally referred to him as Emotep the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. we uh, like like when you, you said what what's his act, like actor's name? Uh, Arnold, Arnold Vosloo. Arnold Arnold Vosloo. Like when you said, I'm like, who the fuck is that? I was oh Emotep. <laughs> yeah. Also, but I will say like, and uh, I mentioned this off the pod a couple of times. His name in the movie is Pick, and I know it's not. But for some reason, it kind of sounds like a racial slur, and it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. His, his like, name is Pick Von Cleef, and they yeah. call him Von Cleef quite a lot. V- no, I heard Pick no, a like, lot. No, um, <laughs> well, from, he did refer to him as Pick a few times, and it's just like, the way he hit it, it's like, that sounds a little bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, I'm not, like, you know, looking for the devil where he isn't there. But, you know, I'm just like, pick? That just, I don't know why. To my ear hole, it didn't sound pleasant. Yeah, just the way you said it, it just just sounded dirty. Yeah. It just sounded like, oh, that that sounds offensive. Very fair. Uh, Also, I want to talk about how Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, surfed on a motorcycle while doing, uh, like, playing chicken with an SUV. While the motorcycle was gushing gas. Yeah, and he jumped over the SUV, so the motorcycle ended up under the SUV, and then turned around and fired a handgun a ridiculous amount of times until all of it went kablooey. And yes. like he, when he rolled over the top of the vehicle after jumping off the motorcycle, he mm. more or less stuck the land. I mean, he kind of fell on his butt a little bit, but still, like, he yeah. hit his feet. It's like... Because when we were watching, I was like, no... He's not. Uh, he, he does stumble on light, but still. Well, uh, yeah. that scene in particular, and uh, <laughs> I, I thought that, uh, I mean, as, as crazy as that scene was, I thought they were even going to go crazier. I thought he was going to take his gun. For some reason, I thought his character was going to shoot the leaking gas tank so he could get more momentum off a jump over the truck when the <laughs> motorcycle explodes and, you know, land on his feet or some shit. But, you know... Got to keep it realistic, can it? Yeah, you know, like all the time sparks flew off the trees when they right. got shot. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. you got to keep it realistic in these John Woo movies. <laughs> now, I, I, another thing I thought was funny during that sequence, after the vehicle explodes from him motorcycle and shooting it, it's like, he just blew up that woman. Like, he can't see both, but he <laughs> just happens to be a safe distance away from that enormous fireball and then they jump off the bridge onto like a train carrying cardboard boxes moving train Uh, now again realism was important for this film which is why uh, we're going next to what is my favorite scene the best scene of the movie hands down by far Uh, they're traipsing through the Louisiana bogs and he spins Yancey Butler around and goes do you trust me and she's like, well, I guess. And he's like, close your eyes. And he's like, okay. And so she closed her eyes, and he, it looks like she's ready for a kiss because all this handsome fellow who's protected me, I, I got to throw myself We're going to fuck in this swamp. It's the 90s. And, and he, you know they both got, like, massive swamp ass right now. And so he reaches up oh. next to her face and grabs a rattlesnake by right under its head and slowly pulls it over her shoulder while she's freaking the fuck out. And it's going like, ah, I'm a rattlesnake. I'm going to bite you. And so he slaps it real quick twice, just like that. And it's like, ah, I'm a rattlesnake. I'm still going to fucking bite you. So he punches it in the face, and you see it slowly droop over his hand. <laughs> like falling it wilts like a cartoon daisy. Falling unconscious. <laughs> he knocked a snake out. Yeah. And then he bites the rattle off of the snake. 
and rigs a goddamn booby trap out of it so that when one of the nameless thugs uh, who's trying to hunt him down walks through and trips the wire, the snake launches itself at him and bites him in the face and kills him. Yeah. yeah. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall there in this writing. <laughs> I will say, when we say snake, like, this snake was almost, like, made by Jim Henson. Yeah, this was, yeah, <laughs> it was clearly a puppet. Six-foot puppet snake. But it's he he knocked his car- – in, in the world of this film, he knocked the snake out by punching it. Yeah, like, he gave it a love tap first and yeah. then knocked the shit out of yeah, it. Yeah, and anytime anyone's holding it, like – their hand is really far back on the snake's neck. Like, yeah. you, like if you're handling a snake, especially a poisonous one, you want to have basically your thumb on its head. Yeah, no, that thing would have bitten him 20 times. Oh, yeah. Hand. Also, like, I, like, in the South, we definitely have rattlesnakes. I've seen them in person. Yeah, that's uh, terrifying. Oh, yeah. As like, someone uh, who is terrified Cannon's of snakes. not a fan of snakes. My I dad's don't like got a rattlesnake in my family's backyard, like, Three weeks ago, he he said he texted me the picture. Like, He's real proud of it. Like me. just just for re- like um, uh, there were there were rattlesnakes at my parents' house like yeah. a week ago. Yeah, quick story. Uh, one time when I was uh, not old enough to smoke cigarettes, I was hanging out behind the shed of where I was living at the time, smoking, and I dropped my lighter. And when I went to pick it up, uh, there was a shelf uh, in the shed, and then as I rise up, it's almost like a three D film. A snake literally open jawed like bites at my nose it doesn't get me but it literally snips like almost right in front of my nose and that's granted, terrifying granted, snakes already like uh creep me out a bit before that that is when the fear just like kicked the fuck in and uh yeah i just don't like snakes and <laughs> it's like one time like i was going out to the front porch uh and, and i was much older and i was old enough to smoke cigarettes then uh <laughs> i uh went outside to go smoke and it was raining heavily and the driveway was flooded and i see a snake just swimming along and i'm like you know what i'm gonna go smoke in the backyard <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't like snakes. I'm sorry. I, I just imagine like that snake is like, yo, man, can I catch a light? Just like try to. Sh- when I went to see uh, Honey, We Shrunk the Audience at Disney World, the snake bit. I took my glasses off. That's how real it is, folks. Fair. I don't like it. Well, I, there was <laughs> there was one night you guys were leaving my house. <gasps> oh yeah, I forgot and, about and, like, that. It's, oh. it's, it's nighttime, and they're walking through the front yard. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but Liz goes, oh, it's a snake. And Cannon just runs to his truck. No, I tell I, I tell Liz, I was like, get in the truck, get in the truck, get in the truck. And I fucking like, I hit, bolt it to the fuck. I, nope, not no. doing it, not no, doing it. I was right there. I, I was like, hmm, I don't like snakes either. Mm. It's not, it's not fun. Uh, yeah. Granted, in this situation, it would have probably been a water moccasin. Now, see, it, I get why Jean-Claude punched shit out of a snake. If I was in that situation, I mean, I, I would have punched a snake, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. If I could safely punch a snake, I'd punch one all fucking day. You know what? Now that I think about it, I think the fear initially started way back when I was a kid when my uncle found one out in the woods and cut its head off. And then I went and kicked the body. And then it had a death rattle. And the fact that it did that and it didn't have a head really creeped me out. So no, that's fair. That's oh, fair. yeah. Like, yeah. I remember when I was, like, four, like, we were in, a, like, a trailer park and we were having a, uh, like, a little neighborhood get-together. And I just seen my dad bolt in front of me with a garden hoe, 
kills the fuck out of a copperhead that was in our driveway. Oh, God. And, and then my friend at the time was just like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play with a body that's like wiggling and shit. And I'm just like, Mm-mm, fuck that. Now, because we're definitely living in a part of the world where, you know, you know, your parents or maybe probably your grand, great and grandparents be just like, oh, they're, in, they're just tending to the garden and then be like, oh, there's a snake, uh, nanny, uh, mama, uh, be careful. Just like, oh, where is it? I'm going to get it. It's like a garden spade goes, yeah, and just like cut that some bitch up. And- That's my mom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we basically live in the U.S. version of Australia. <laughs> That's not hmm. inaccurate. Also, Lots um, of poisonous animals around Another here. one of my favorite parts of the movie uh, is when uh, Lance Hendrickson, um, he does a stunt involving him being uh, his back completely engulfed in flames. Oh, that was the one I was going to talk about next. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, for real. Cool. it's so cool. Yeah. It's so fucking awesome. His jacket's on fire because Van Damme made everything go boom. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I bring that up to bring this up because this has to be the most hilarious fact I've ever seen in IMDb trivia ever. Please go down this uh, rabbit hole with me. During the final battle, Lance Hendrickson's coat accidentally <laughs> caught fire. He never broke character and continued the scene while he pulled off the coat and threw it away. This remained in the final cut. Holy shit. That's fucking sick. But as we all noticed in the film, he obviously had that like burn gel on him. Because immediately after this quote, in parentheses, this was not accidental. It was a brilliantly executed stunt by the actor himself, along with the special effects team. Yeah, I feel like if this was like... And, I, <laughs> and I'm just like... And it's... <laughs> I just thought that was funny I, I for some reason. If, if like he... Cut, if like this he, wasn't supposed to happen. It, it was actually meant to happen. Or it might be like, but it will both like, he caught fire, but... There might be people who didn't know about that stunt. People just like, oh shit! But this guy's a motherfucker. Regardless, that was a badass scene. I loved it. Yeah, like it's not, you know, it's not faked at all. Like he's literally sitting there on fire, just like fuming and shit. Like, get that dude! And his, while, and his weapon of choice was like a fucking like elephant gun, but a pistol. It's a yeah. Thompson Center Arms Contender single shot pistol. I really love the fact that you had that info right then and there. That was fucking superb. Hey, I do my best. That is good shit. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, if you're a gun fan in this movie, you would have noticed like all these like yeehaw motherfuckers walking around with like these like like we said elephant guns and just like <coughs> there's like a Big tax a- dude has like a goddamn like grenade launcher. Oh yeah, like just. I will so say, fucking John Wick. And shit. this is the second time on this podcast we saw the uh, famous uh, shoot a barrel and it like launches like a rocket into the air. Yeah. That definitely happened in Face Off. The uh, the fire scene was absolutely planned because yeah. Lance Henriksen himself shared some behind the scenes stuff on Facebook eleven years ago. Yeah, and plus like his hair was soaked with that burn gel. Like, now that this is regular hair. <laughs> I mean, yeah. ew, uh, well, he must have borrowed some from Van Damme because his hair was gross. It was like, <laughs> but just for that one shot. I mean, it was fantastic, maybe. but it was also gross. And I also were- loved, like, during the movie, like, anytime he'd get, like, stressed or, like, anything he he would do this this motion with his hair yeah like he would like he brush would like his hair back I, <laughs> brush the hair back because he has like you know he has a widow's feet but he kind of brushed the sides back like, god Ooh. i don't know why but like i feel like every time he'd like like brush his hair back for some reason he would just like slip with his feet <laughs> and and uh god also he, he he pulled the batman move a lot in this movie i loved how he just like appeared 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's also that moment where he's just like, you know, he's he's like the cultured villain, and he's just like just banging out the tunes in the on his piano. Just, I, and, and like when it's like the full body shot, he's clearly not playing it. But then they do the the hand close up, and whoever they got was just going fucking ham, just like. Yeah. What well, was funny with that the body shot? I looked for that. I always look for that sort of thing because as a musician. And I, I I looked at his body language like, like maybe, but then you can actually see in the piano where the hammers aren't fucking moving. Yeah, is yeah. great. Uh, I also love the one-liners. Yeah, there's some good ones. Yeah, hunting season's over. Hunting season's over. And he th- dumps a grenade in Henriksen's pants and kicks him, and and Henriksen pulls the grenade out and like takes the charging primer out and separates it from the bomb. And he goes, <laughs> and then you see a spark. And it's the it's my favorite death reaction. Oh, and that like, was that was one of the most like abrupt. Like immediately after that explosion, didn't the movie fucking end? It just ends. Yeah, like, they, like <laughs> he goes over to Wilford Brimley, who got stabbed with an arrow, but it hit his uh, flask and says, "Oh, this is a real disaster." Yeah. And so he and Yancey Butler and uh, Wilford Brimley walk out of the burning warehouse, and that's the credits roll. Yeah. Yeah. The end. Yeah, and a lot of like, especially like Chinese uh, martial arts movies or like action movies, just end like there's like a lot of jackie chan movies that it's like all right final battle all right it's over also as corny as it is one of my favorite lines was what kind of a name is chance well my mama took one Uh, (laughs) what does that mean uh, (laughs) (laughs) like what the fuck does that mean she took she didn't wear a condom (laughs) she didn't wear a condom yeah because remember there is such a thing as female condoms but that is true the sponge from seinfeld <laughs> Wilford Brimley's accent is terrible. <laughs> it's it's yeah. not the best. Although, oh my God, that man can ride the shit out of a horse. That was yeah. not a stunt, Wilford that was, Brimley. That was, that was all him. He but was yeehawing on that boat. He's playing a Cajun, which is how they try God. to explain the Van Damme accent this time. Mommy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and it's just, it's not like neither one of them sound real. Van Damme never sounds real. Wilford Brimley sounds. See, I th- I thought he was just a raving derelict because he was just <laughs> making like just moonshine out in the woods. Yeah, like just moonshine from like rainwater and pine needles, and, and like just making this fucking Everclear bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like he like he has a little taste, and it's like ah, oh, yep. Now the vision is gone. Well, speaking of one of his lines here, drink. But do, do not spill. It kills the grass. I love that <laughs> line. That's my favorite line. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> but definitely go watch. Hard to, it's worth watching. It is. It's, so it's, good. It's, it's a good it's time. A it's a fun time. I, I love how the final half. battle took place yeah. in like this, like, Mardi Gras factory. Pretty just much. Like, yeah, just a big Oh, my God. I forgot factory. about that. With floats and shit. Like, this movie was legit like an advertisement for New Orleans. Yeah. Like, we, <laughs> welcome to New Orleans, y'all. No, a, a crisp like hour and a half. It's a good time. Is also, it? I want to bring up the uh, shotgun uh, blast to the face scene in the car. Oh, that was great. Like it, As great and gnarly as that was, I shit you not, it was ruined in the next scene when you can see he still has a face. Yeah, because the guy who got who got <laughs> hit with the shotgun from uh, Vaslu was the, um, the porno guy who... The, who had his ear chopped Emotive. off to... He was the facilitator of finding the homeless veterans for people to hunt. Yeah. So um, bringing back a bit that I had from earlier, he got Van Gott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
that, that was my favorite Vosloo performance. Like, oh, I know you weren't going to leave. That would hurt my feelings. That and, was sort of like his catchphrase. <laughs> and you know what? Because of Hard Target, I'm going to say it right now. You know what? I'm going to do it on the podcast. Okay. I am buying the Darkman trilogy on Blu-ray. Oh, nice. Because I love the first movie. Oh, and, yeah. Liam and, Neeson's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. And he... Um, Vosloo uh, Vosloo takes he, over Yeah he takes over In the second and third yep. Darkman movie yeah, yeah, And you know what I, I remember those movies They actually kind of Blend into one movie to me Very much But so. I'm excited to see them now Because he's in it well, Because of this film I hope you enjoy them I I'm gonna that's, <laughs> that's a good place to uh, Almost unprecedented We're gonna take our second break What what Where I'm going to recycle Another old commercial so uh, please enjoy this advertisement for our shirts, and uh, we'll be right back. I can scream into the mic for thirty seconds if you just want to do that. I mean, I'd really prefer you like that. Would probably that would be bad. Like a lot of people wouldn't enjoy it. Like that would hurt. What if I silently uh, grunted for thirty seconds? Well, see, also like, a little behind the scenes, we have to export the last fifty nine minutes of of sound footage. That's why we take these breaks because anything over like an hour, we run the risk of collapsing, like we did on that one episode where I sounded so completely. Destroyed. Well, if that's the case, why are you still talking? I meant after the fact. Let's wrap it up. Let's go. I love you, buddy. I love you, too. <laughs> we'll be right back to discuss Street Fighter. Oh, yes. Well, hey there, folks. Do you like mugs, T-shirts, phone cases, stickers, wall art, pillows, all sorts of fun things with fun logos? Well, if you do, head on down to tpublic.com slash user slash caging greatness for all sorts of great merchandise and support your local creators. That's us. Hooray! We hope you enjoyed that fantastic whatever it was, probably commercial, because, you know, we're lazy. We don't have a lot of time. We'll it definitely wasn't stuff. me screaming for 30 seconds. No, no, that wasn't the thing. No. We'll, we'll get some new stuff, like maybe some... Uh We'll get some new, maybe some Cajun karaoke, maybe some robbed reviews. We've got a new thing that Man, we're trying Cajun to get Man, Cajun karaoke done. is hilarious. I, I enjoy those. Yeah. Well, th- those are tough, though. because I know so, it involves yeah. work. Yeah. But, Definitely more time I just, I just haven't had a chance because I'm trying to get ready for fucking free comic book Oh, I know. Shit, like, but, I am. But ooh, I have, I have some ideas. And after this week, I'm going to try to you know, get some stuff in there. Is there a Cajun Greatness table at Free Comic Book Day? I mean, I wish no. there was. <laughs> but I, we, my uh, head, I wish we could fucking like somehow pull a much tamer, mind you. I'm, uh-huh. I'm not an animal. Um, podcast live during Free Comic Book Day. I think that would be pretty rad. That would be But cool. I know you're going to be a busy man. Yeah, no, I'm going to be fucking slammed. Super busy. Uh, and because usually it's, it's me and Liz. Mm-hmm. And usually we have our uh, helper. But she's not going to be. I haven't seen her in like eight months. I don't know where the fuck she is. So, yeah, it's going to be more busy than normal. But well, granted, I've helped out a few times. Granted, mostly I'm like, here, here are the sales. Look around. Have right. a good time. Uh, <laughs> That's about the extent of me helping out sometimes. Yeah. No, I, I'm going to need somebody to watch the free comics and be like, no, no, please take one of everything if you want, but just one. Just one. <clears throat> so. I will tackle somebody if they take two. Good. Am I allowed? Yeah, I know sure. you, you're the owner of the store. Am I allowed to tackle people? I mean, as long as I don't know about it and we delete this part where I just said, sure, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we all know that's not going to happen. Yeah. No. <laughs> hey, if I take them out in the that. street, can I fight them? I mean, I'm not going to say no. You, you're an autonomous person. You can do whatever you want. What if we start a fight club in the back? 
in the back where like in the back road because there's no room in the back of the store. No, we got to take him to the street. Yeah, that's uh, where the fighting. Like, like I'm talking about around the building. Got to step up to the streets. Have you ever punched a street in the face? It hurts. It's I, unrelenting. I kicked a fire hydrant once. That that sounds like a bad idea. I was young and dumb and irritated. Yeah. As someone who's had, like, as a young fucking dumb idiot, had his fair share of Kyle moments and punched a wall that was not very forgiving a time or two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've bruised knuckles before. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. No, it's not great. But <laughs> my, I, my mom's like, why is there a hole in the door? I don't know. That's why we don't recommend fighting streets. But what we do don't recommend, 1994's <laughs> Street Fighter. Street Fighter! And that is what we're talking about now in this third section of uh, the Uncaged episode. Probably going to be a little shorter. Probably, but uh, I will say, God damn it, I love this movie so much. Uh, uh, my oldest friend, a guy named Matt, current roommate, I, we've known each other since we were 12, right? That's, we're on 20 years of friendship. So we passed long ago the point where you get each other gifts for stuff. Like, we just flip each other off and go about our business. That's what friends do, right? But there was one year he's like, look, I know I don't usually, we don't usually do gifts, but I saw this in Walmart, and I, I know you because we've been friends for this long, and I thought you had to have it. So happy birthday. And he hands me a Blu-ray of Street Fighter, and that's still one of my favorite gifts. Uh, I love this movie. So, before I tell you that I rated it five stars, and I think everyone, <laughs> everyone should watch it immediately, let's go around the table so you guys can tell me what you rated it, and, uh, and I can tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> All right. Jonathan. I had a lot of fun with this movie. Maybe not as much as, like, Hard Target or Bloodsport, but um, for, like, th- this movie definitely has a reputation of not being the best, However, I do think a lot of that is a little unfair. Um, it's a little unfair. Uh, you you got to look at this movie like imagine Street Fighter as a comedy. <laughs> How else it do is you funny. imagine Street Fighter, though? Starring Kristen Crook. Oh, is that the Legend of Chun-Li movie? That, that's yeah. like not fun bad. I was going to say, that's like Street Fighter, bad. the Legend of Chun-Li, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah that's, like, that, that's not yeah. fun bad. That's just bad bad. Um, Raul Julia, fucking fantastic. R.I.P. Yeah. Like, yeah. You could tell this was the point where Van Damme was smoking, or not smoking, but snorting a lot of fucking coke. He rolled up coke. a whole joint of cocaine <laughs> and <laughs> he, smoked it. I want one cocaine, please. Uh, yeah, he, he he was had a much different energy than even Time Cop. He was just yeah. like, he seemed a lot more like... Well, he said in, uh, I think it was either his interviews or his book or something, this whole shoot, he spent his off time doing all of the cocaine and fucking Kylie Minogue. Who plays Cammy in this movie. She does play Cammy, yes. Which, I, I will say for me, part of the fun was, because uh, I'm a pretty big fan of Street Fighter. It's like, oh, who's that person supposed to be? Okay, that, that's a kind of rough facsimile of what they're supposed to be and then there's one character we will get to after everyone else talks about theirs i I gave it like three three and a half okay pat what did you think 
Um, this was my first time seeing Street Fighter. Oh. And it was definitely a lot of fun to finally see the product after years of acclaim, both local and, you know, worldwide. Oh, come on. The only acclaim's coming from me. You know that. Uh, but, you know, it, it, no, it's, it's very much a cult favorite. You have that, the only five-star rating on this stupid app. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's even better than the Mortal Kombat movie. I'm saying it. Now, look, Shim, there are... Pro- Wait, the new one? Not the new... No, oh, the whoa. Yeah. I was talking about 95 Mortal Kombat. I would agree. Now, the, now, the 95 Mortal Kombat's the better movie, but this is more fun. Now, to your point, Shim, you uh-huh. are one of 250 people on Letterboxd who give that movie five stars. Right, and yeah. how many gave it a two? Uh, well, that is the... Because I'm seeing the highest. That's the, the average score of the film on yeah. Letterboxd. But <laughs> uh, I personally gave it three and a half. But I think... This might be my favorite of the movies I got oh, to see. Oh, well, there you go. And um, it, it was it was very goofy. It's very uh, it's very campy. I loved just how silly it was. And strangely enough, even though this movie is just like stuffed with characters, I was kind of satisfied that most of them got like a moment. Yeah. <clears throat> Granted, the moment not be very long, but kind of feel like. At least everybody got to do something, yeah. Except, for at least a minute. Except everybody's whipping boy, T Hawk. T Hawk, no. uh, he was uh, he, he was, was there. He was there. He was there. He was there. And uh, <laughs> he, even though he's only a fourth uh, indigenous, uh, he's, I guess it's not as egregious as some people were when it comes to like just swip swapping these nationalities. Yeah, he's he's top three as far as the person playing the character is the correct nationality. Yeah, because they're a little uh, loosey goosey yeah. with this one. Like Ming Na Wen is top. Yeah, because she's Chinese and she played Chen Li. Right. And also, fucking legend Ming Na Wen. Like, she's been at this mm-hmm. game for like over 30 years and she still looks amazing and she mm-hmm. still kicks every ass. She's right. in fucking Star Wars. Yeah. 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 She's great. I love her. Fuck, she was. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Canon. Okay. What did you think of Street Fighter? Well, uh,. I this was uh, I, I mentioned it several times. Um, uh, I used to just wear movies out like for like two weeks at a time, and this was one of them. As, as a child, I wore this movie out. It got rented from our local video store all the time. Uh, I play. I think Street Fighter Two is like the only Street Fighter game I've actually played. So, and and it even said in the film the characters based off Street Fighter Two. Uh, yeah, like specifically like Turbo. Now, that being said, uh, I don't hate this movie, but uh, it's starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, who granted, you know, was on like 10 grand worth of coke a week at this point in his career. Um, uh, that's 94 money. That's not, that's without the inflation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... That being said, uh, uh, Raul Julia, yes, his fantastic performance and about a third cup of moments mixed in, none of which involved Jean Claude Van Damme, except for like that one, you know, one thing yeah, we the, will the talk speech, about. Yeah. We will talk about my second favorite speech in the movie. Um, it got. A two and a half, but I Hadouken that heart so hard. <laughs> like That's, it's it. I mean it's it's fun, but like it, this is a Jaude Claude episode, and I have to think of like all the performances and 
Yeah, no, I love this movie for Raul Julia. Yes, God. Exclusively Raul Julia. So yeah, yeah. This man was literally dying of cancer, and yes. he hammed it up to the, to yeah. the pearly gates. But, but yeah. like, John Claude Van Damme, <clears throat> besides him being top billing, he's not in the movie that much. No, no, there wasn't a lot of room for him. I mean, because, like, there's literally just, like, 12 main characters. Yeah, there's a lot happening in this movie. Because we got uh, Ryu, Ken, Vega, Sagat. Mm-hmm. DJ Dalsam Blanca Zangief Zangief Chun Li Balrog E Honda T Hawk T Hawk Cammy Cammy Guile Yeah uh, the character that should have been Fei Long but they renamed him Tanaka for some reason Yeah That's an in game worth of characters in a one off movie <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and they Holy all have their shit. moment to shine. Yeah, they do. They, they, they'll have like you know a little section <laughs> yeah. of the story too. I mean, like obviously, I don't, I'm not gonna lie. I don't remember that character in the game. Yeah, well, he was from Super Street Fighter Two Turbo, which is the one yeah, that uh, allowed the original bosses to be played, and also introduced T Hawk, DJ, mm-hmm. Fei Long, and uh, shit. What was the other one? Somebody help me out. T Hawk, DJ, okay. Fei Long. Like I said, I've only played two. Uh, my my uh, history on the lore it, is not It wasn't that deep. Balrog, was it? No, he was one of the original bosses. Um, uh, hey, I'm gonna look this up. Is it Vega? No, Vega well, was in the original. Well, two. Vega looked badass Sagat? in this movie, at least. Yeah. <laughs> no, Sagat was one of the originals too. Oh, fuck. <clears throat> uh, what, Akuma? No, he was he was way on after that. Uh, hang on, we're looking it up now. Because uh, the original one had the, the the main eight fighters, and then the four bosses were Vega, Balrog, uh, Sagat, and, and Bison. Bison. And then Super Street Fighter Turbo added. Da, 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 da. That's the one I'm most familiar with. Yeah, it had the the first secret character Akuma, but as a secret character from a code screen. But like he wasn't like the the one of the the big uh, sort of characters. God, just give me a character list. Fucking Wikipedia, I swear to God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Street Fighter roster is pretty extensive. Yeah, but yeah Especially once you get to four and five, it's like, holy fuck. Oh, yeah. uh, well, on Yakuma, that I was reminded of, of a bit. Uh, apparently, there was a really pervasive, like, rumor that if you beat, like, the like the first or second Resident Evil seven <laughs> times, you got to play as Akuma. Oh, yeah, and it's what? total bullshit. No, no, it, it's it's very fake. I mean, there, there were, like, some photos that were doctored back in the day. Oh, oh yeah, because it was, like, late 90s. The internet wasn't, like, what it was today, so there was, like, rumors. That urban, the urban legend of Zelda. <laughs> like, like, the whole thing, like, Muse under the truck. and Oh, yeah, and, uh... And that Vermilion City. Uh... But just like on some some of the bits, like uh, and plus, I think as a nice little tangent for the movie, uh, Jay Tavare, the actor who played Vega, who is apparently still looking very much in his uh, Vega shape. Yeah. Oh uh, wow. He oh, will well, he yeah. will be a part, be a minor part in an upcoming episode where because he's in adaptation. Oh. oh, there you go. Like. Oh, the Nick Cage film. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Also, Jamie Lee Curtis's favorite Street Fighter character is Vega. Huh. She cosplayed him and won the convention a few years back. Well, that's neat. Well, you know, uh, wrestler Zelina Vega is also a big Vega fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where she got her last name. Her last name on the the. Yeah. Her. She actually showed up for an event uh, dressed in her version of that, right? I, I've, I've seen that. Been- 
In I don't know if she was Vega or I, I remember she dressed. There was like a WWE. I've seen her in that mask. Um, event where they had the the wrestler show up as like Street Fighter characters, and I I almost want to say she was like Katana because she, she had like the whole like ninja suit on. We know who, who else was a ninja in this movie, Chun Li. Chun Li, yeah, for like, the roving reporter Chun Li and her like her Scooby Gang of Balrog and E Honda. And you know what? Another another high spot of this movie. I, even though that is a random as help trio, I really like their sort of interactions as this, you know, little like Scooby Gang of like miscreants. It's like, oh, uh, Chun Li's like, I gotta kill. Uh, Bison because he killed my father and I have like this circuitous plan to do it. He's like, I'm going to dress as a go-go girl and then set up a bomb and blow up all his munitions. Yeah, no, that happened. Uh, I could not find who the fourth character was. It might have been Sagat. I don't think it was, but you know, again, it's from 1992, so. Yeah, because I, I was looking at Street Fighter Turbo and Super Street Fighter Turbo and I was like, yeah. we named all the characters. I don't know yeah. who else would be the... Yeah. Fei Long was always my favorite. He's basically just Bruce Lee. Yeah, yeah. He's quick as hell. Uh, every every fighting game has a Bruce Lee in it. I mean, as basic yeah. as it is, Chun Li was always my main. Chun Li's great. Well, Blanca was my favorite in the first one. Big green monster that makes shocky noises. Yeah, I love Blanca. <laughs> and, um, and it's funny how like <laughs> Blanca in this movie kind of looks like if Pennywise to the Fusion Dance with Bill Bixby <clears throat> Hulk. It is not great. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty goofy. Like, and apparently just like how they do it is they just pump him full of Gatorade flavors and make him watch war crimes. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 the, and the scientists they had like enslaved to do this like crime against humanity was uh, dollism. But he's just like the science is always all chained up. Yeah, yeah, which I never picked up on when I watched it as a kid. And like and. And it, and in this movie, like you said, it was in a deleted scene. I, I want to say it was a deleted scene uh, or you know, like a, a script or something, where he got knocked into the, the the Gatorade juices that turned Blanca into Blanca. Yeah, and that's what caused his hair to fall out for some reason. But there was never anything I saw that explained why he was shirtless all of a sudden, except for hey, we got to make him look like the game. Yeah, he's like fully dressed and has hair at one point, and then uh, close to the end. Yeah, uh, most of the movie, and then <clears throat> at the end. Right before the end of the film, he's all of a sudden bald and uh, half naked. Yeah, no explanation whatsoever. No, uh, but I, I do unabashedly love this film. I really do. And you know, the the, the bit you mentioned earlier was the only good Jean Claude part was the speech he gives to the AN soldiers. Oh yeah, about going home. Uh, and he ends that speech with one of my favorite. Anytime somebody says, yeah, I'm about to go home. I always in, in my head go to, well, I'm not going home. I'm going to get in my boat and I'm going up river. Because <laughs> he says up river. 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 And I'm going river. to kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard that the next bison wannabe is going to feel it. it. Now, who wants to go home? And who wants to go with Mark? Because apparently, I mean, I would ride into hell with him after that speech. <laughs> I just love how he just kind of turns into like almost like a Hungarian slash Dexter's laboratory. Yeah. Uh, but the best speech in this movie is one that I've mentioned on the show mm-hmm. and in real life probably a thousand times, as, as, as often as he can do it. <laughs> uh, because it's to me, it's the greatest line 
in movie history. It's a good one. Everything else be damned. Like, I don't, I don't care if you come with good fellows or Godfather. I don't give a shit. This line is better than all those other lines. Uh, and <laughs> and <laughs> it's, I said it's a good one. It, yeah. It's good. Uh, it's when Chun-Li is talking to M. Bison after she's been imprisoned and put into a very pretty red dress. Uh, how you, a little more like her character. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah I'm coming after you because you killed my pap. I'm paraphrasing. She doesn't say it just like that. Oh, yeah, my pappy. My pappy, he <laughs> done killed pappy. him. You had my dad killed as you ran away. And, uh, and she goes through this whole backstory of like, you've ruined my life, you bastard. And Raul Julia turns around and delivers the pitch perfect line. I'm sorry. I don't remember it. She's like, but how can you not remember? And this is the line. He says, for you, the day bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. And that is, to me, the greatest line in all of cinema in the history of ever. I totally saw him miming this part as it was happening while we were watching the movie. Uh, he, 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 I'm not making this up. Yeah, no, I was <laughs> uh, it, it, It's one of my favorite things. It's a good line. It's so good. It, it's, it's, uh, it's, it really informs it's really his good. character. Like, like I said, like, Raul Julie in this movie, like, God, I said, R.I.P., God fucking bless him. He is, he is, he, he's not eating every bit of scenery. He is deep-throating every <laughs> bit of fucking scenery he's in this movie. Like, he's like, like, and Gal- like Galactus eater of worlds. Like he's t- full Kirby. He just eats the entire yeah. movie. If you don't want to watch this whole thing, I swear to watch a supercut of just his bits. You, I feel you'll be just as entertained. Also, Zangief was great. Yes. <laughs> they just played him as just a fucking, fucking moron. Dumb, the biggest yeah. dumbass the ever. The big dumb, truck full of Dumber explosives. than a sack of rocks. Yeah, the Chun-Li truck of explosives is headed towards the tent where he and Sagat had the fight. <laughs> and they're, they're on the TV screen, but also in real life, he looks back and forth. He goes, quick, change the channel. And DJ, <laughs> like, DJ was my second favorite minor He's character. He's a very underrated character. Every time Zangief said some stupid bullshit, he would just turn around and give him the most, what the fuck did you just say this with that oxygen? Look, and it's <coughs> DJ is fantastic. I, I love the bit where, like, it, everything's blown up and falling apart, and, like, uh, Bison's like, you know, this is the end. Oh, at least we'll go together, DJ. DJ's like, the hell you said it. He <laughs> just sneaks off. Sneaks off. <laughs> uh, for all you Scooby-Doo fans, the actor playing DJ in this movie also played the weird, creepy, not-bad-guy shaman in the first Scooby-Doo film. The one that uh, first meets Sarah Michelle Gellar's Daphne Blake. In the live-action one. Wasn't that doing- one written by uh, James Gunn? Yes, it was. And We're bringing still, back to Suicide Squad, which you should watch. Which, which you should we totally watch throughout that. this whole show. Yeah. And it's still a really good movie. I, and I own that DVD. If you have a chance to watch that movie, if you haven't seen it, the Scooby-Doo, please watch it. It's very good. If you find the DVD and you can listen to the, the cast commentary on it, also really fucking fun. Because Freddie Prince Jr. was in that. He was Fred, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I Funnily enough, he played Fred. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fred, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar was Daphne. Matthew Lillard was Velma, who I've had a crush on for 20 years. Uh, <laughs> and, and Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prinze, they're married. Yeah, and Freddie Prince yep. Jr. was a writer for the WWE. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And he's like a huge Star Wars fan too. Yeah. And Matthew Lillard is a um, he was he's been consistently involved in Scooby Doo ever since. Yeah, playing much, Jackie. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's except good. for when Scoop happened, and they didn't even tell him he was recast. Yeah, yeah but that apparently, was apparently they did make up because he's going to be uh, Shaggy and the Curds, the Cowardly yeah, Dog crossover. Yeah, that makes me happy. I'm so, glad that's happening. There you go. I now, love that guy. Can we please talk about the moment that had us all fucking belly laughing? Sure. Which one? Uh, Godzilla. Right. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. <laughs> I totally forgot. I, I, I remembered that, but that I got carried yeah, away. It was the great. So there is there's a moment where uh, in, in the ending where everyone's fighting each other, Honda and Zangief have paired off to fight as they're two big meaty men, then they're slapping meat. Slapping man. And meat. then Captain uh, Takanawa, who should have been Fei Long, is uh, he comes up on some security monitoring equipment that the rest of his particular troop have gotten to him. And of course they're all Japanese, which is the setup to this joke. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, sure, well let's take a look. This could be something very strategically important. And they turn on the monitor and it's Zangief and Honda fighting each other, just grappling in the middle of a miniature city that Bison had made up uh, for his future capital. Bisonopolis. Yeah. While the Godzilla noises are playing. <laughs> and, and, and probably the uh, Kira Fukube score was going too, yeah. right? Because literally both John and I said, no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I feel like the only reason that is ever set up is for that joke. And, oh my fucking God, the other one, to just to demonstrate how evil M. Bison is, he has a fucking painting from... Uh, God damn it. Was it Gacy? Don, Don Wayne Gacy has a... <laughs> oh my fucking God! What the fuck was that shit? Jonathan did not react well to the John Wayne Gacy style M. Bison painting. It was just like, uh, they did not. <laughs> they No, ma'am. God, that was so fucking tag. Well, cause, well, I mean, how many of the nine-year-olds watching that movie were going to get that reference, though? I mean, I mean no. granted, Little Cannon didn't catch that reference. I didn't catch I mean, it. I wouldn't have years. either, but yeah. it was This was like, the first time I noticed. <laughs> I was just like, oh, God, that's just, uh. <laughs> like that, that, that made me feel, like, gross. <laughs> yeah, because, like, he know, he kind of, kind of basically murdered a bunch of gay young men and then stuffed them in his floorboards. Yeah, and John, then, John Wayne Gacy, not in Bison. Yeah. Or Raul Julia. No, yeah. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, John Wayne Gacy. And then everyone was like, man, John's house smells funny. Because then literally the entire apartment complex that was full with uh, black people was like, hey, this guy is killing people and there's some crooked Wait, shit you're, going you're, on. Wait, you're getting your streams crossed. That was Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. In, anyway, a lot of uh, woogity yeah, woog Pat, bullshit. How dare you not know your murdering psychopath? Yeah, boo story. on me for not knowing <laughs> my murder. Hey, hey, we're huge true crime fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes I wonder about the prol- proliferation of true crime and how uh, the deaths of people are used as entertainment. But that's a story for another day. I just day. want to point out that in another Raw Julia movie made about 20 years ago, or 30 years ago now, uh, they had Wednesday Adams and her potential boyfriend at the camp where they were sent off to in Adams Family Values trading serial killer cards back and forth to show how weird they were. And nowadays... Everyone's into informative murder porn. Nowadays, that's a hobby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're not. Uh, people are like making the fan like here, here. Get your keychain of your favorite murderer. Yeah, yeah. Which it like, like, like I, I like true crime, but it is still like even like my level of involvement. I'm like, this is still kind of weird. When do you, when do you, when do you stop thinking about it? just for a little bit? Yeah. 
this really isn't a, a nitpick. It's more so a question, and I'm wondering if anybody here may have like found like a little factoid that may have an answer to this. But I know in the video games, like Guile and Camille were in green, and their whole crew were decked out in blue in this movie. Yeah, like, like was there like any specific reason for that? Or uh, uh, I want to say it was because they were based off the UN, and the UN camel colors were officially blue. Because they're the a, they're the allied nations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't say that for sure. But more than likely, it's it's yeah, the the UN ties. Okay. Hey, they uh, definitely got somebody's military budget because they really wanted to show off those boats. Yeah. It was like we got this high tech stealth boat. I will say that boat did look pretty snazzy. It, it was a pretty. And like they, they go through all this telemetry, we got to put this cloaking device with, on with while some, they're blowing up. Some of the worst cloaking technology ever. Like, like, stuff on the side of a riverbank, and just like they can't see his but shit's falling up. Even if you can completely turn your boat invisible, how is that going to stop the water ripples? And you know, that's just a real big fish. Yep. Just saying. Something that uh, I'm surprised we haven't talked about yet. Uh oh. Ken looks like my dad circa 94. <laughs> like like most of the characters, like I said before, you're just like, okay, yeah, I see where they're going. It's like, that kind of looks like Ryu. That kind of looks like like, uh, like the very bare bones of what these characters could be. Yeah, it's like like if I take off my glasses and squint, that like that type of thing. <laughs> but no, Ken looks like my dad. Like, and <laughs> we joked that it was like Uncle Joey from Full House. Yeah, he, he does look like <laughs> fucking Joey from Full House. Because he has yeah. like this like almost denim colored like buttoned up, like a tan tie and a brown like vest he's wearing. It, it was not a good look. Yeah. And then like I made the joke that he looks like if someone's trying to draw Sebastian Stan from memory. Yeah. It kind of fucked it up. I, I, would, I would honestly say like everybody in the movie except for a couple kind of looks someone kind of looks, looks like if someone is trying to describe what Street Fighter characters look like and the other person who's never seen them is trying to draw them down. That is true. That oh. is very true. Also, Kylie Minogue plays Camille in the this is one of two films that I have seen her in. The second being Biodome, of course. Oh god, she was in Biodome. <laughs> yes, she was in Biodome. Ugh. And uh, the um, the song can't get you out of my head because that's the only Kylie Minogue song I've heard. That's fair. She's also with Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. According to IMDb, so you know, could be dubious. Uh, the blue is based off of his Super Street Fighter Two Turbo variation color. Okay. As opposed to the green, but and then they just made Cami wear the same because you know, same A and team, the Allied Nations team. Okay. And that's where the red dress for Chun-Li came in. Okay. Plus, like, Bison's color motif is red. So he yes. wears red. His goons wear red. Uh, so he, obviously he was sick her in a red dress. Also, I did want to bring up the fact uh, that uh, when, um, you know, Blanca is, is looking at, you know, all the terrible things that he's subjected to. Uh, when, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me right now? I like take a breath and the cricket another one just shows up. Anyway, um I noticed that in the film like, you know, there's this like little like green outline diagram of his body mass outside of the machine. Oh, damn. Ugh. Whoa. 
Put some stank on that one, Jonathan. I like it. Holy hell. I hope that I hope that made it on the mic. I really do. Just boom. Big I mean, bumpers. I didn't even kill it. I was just like banging on the wall. Hopefully it will shut the fuck up. All right. But, um, um, you know, you can see like his growth in body mass, right? At this point, um, uh, I, I forget his name. Uh, the, the doctor. Dawson. Dawson. Like long armed guy from the game. Yoga fire. He was always fun. Uh, anyway, he, uh, once he starts showing him like wholesome clips, his body gets like John Cena size. I yeah. just want to throw that out there. Yeah, like big, apparently, the power of good uh, is like the equivalent of steroids. Yeah, so that's why John Cena is so big. It's how wholesome it is. Every make a wish he grants, he gets bigger. He gets power. <laughs> Which he is really jacked in Suicide Squad. Yeah, you know, you know what else is really big on John Cena? His fat cock, and that's tidy whiteies. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Watch that, Suicide that Squad stuff. for that John Cena's real. giant penis. So the guy who was cast as Captain Sawada was originally supposed to be Ryu, but he could barely speak English, which, as having watched the movie, yeah. was important for this version of Ryu. Which explains like his his one piece of camera is speaking in Japanese. Right. So uh, they gave him the newly created Captain Sawada instead of just Fei Long for some reason, and he was pretty not happy about it. Hmm. Imagine if you're told one thing and you're given another, you might be disappointed. Well, was that the guy that was looking at the footage of the Godzilla yeah. spoof? Yeah. Well, a lot of his lines were they were dubbed over. Also, you know? the uh, when when Sagat finds out that Ken and Ryu were were plants the whole time, designed to uh, like work with Guile, and Raul Julia turns around and goes, "I guess you didn't see that, did you?" And covers his eye. That was a Julia ad lib. That was funny, though. Yeah, it was that, great. That was a good shit. <laughs> also, uh, apparently Jean-Claude Van Damme was offered the chance to reprise his role in Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li. Oh, really? And he wisely said, no, thank you. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, just he, bring he, wouldn't him back. Know, he wouldn't been able to save that movie. Just bring him back, but with the actual Guile hair from the video game. Yeah. But not just Guile hair. The Guile from fucking Fortnite. Also, why is his hair like... Like red, that uh, that seemed like a poor dye job. Yeah, like, it, it was it a seemed, bad dye job. It seemed like they were like trying to ch- transition his br- his brown hair to blonde. They just sort of stopped in the middle. Yeah, I yeah. feel like his hair in Time Cop. If they would have dyed that fucking blonde, it would have worked better than what we got. <laughs> just saying. God, I would I would love it if someone if someone tried to make a live action Street Fighter, and they went. Whole hog and just making just such a swoop and flat top. <laughs> but like Jonathan said, like Guile is like available to purchase in Fortnite right now, and his hair is even like more exaggerated than in the games he's already <laughs> in, and it's hilarious. Like 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 his his body frame is thinner, but his hair is like a parabola. Like he's receiving like waves from space off that thing. But I can't stress enough. Like again, uh, Raul Julia, this was his final performance, right? Yeah. Like. Because he died later in 1994. Like, in this silly-ass fucking movie, he is just a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. He gives it his all. And and like I said, like, uh, I mentioned it off the pod. Like, like, he knew that he was dying, and he did this because he wanted his kids to watch it, you know? Yeah. And I feel like when... 
in my at least in my head canon when he was hooked up to those wires he was just like fuck it like i'm just gonna have a, a just a grand old time and just soar through the sky y'all can just, sling ah! me into the wall just it don't Falcon matter punch, now. like like i bet like i, I in my, again head canon i hope just because he like just gave uh jean claude a good old sock in the face for real just like oops sorry and he's just like hey, 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 fuck you <laughs> yeah because apparently Van Damme was very difficult to work with during this especially I mean if he's like on you know, massive amounts of cocaine he's yeah. obviously going to yeah, be hard got, to work yeah he's got like cocaine in his nose and blood in his dick I'm sure he's just a monster like, yeah that's cr- that's that's ugh. no n- no fun no fun no. to work with uh, but you know I think uh, God, we, we've been going about two and a half hours now so I think the two people still listening Postman Frank Love you, buddy. Friend, Friend of the, the show, show Joe. Joe. Yeah. Uh, also, an idea for Postman Frank. Uh, he has to combat uh, the weather. Uh, 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 in addition to multiple multinational fighters, and we call it Sleet Fighter because he's a postman. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Also, before we wrap it up, I did want to mention that since we've been talking about it, and for the second time on the podcast, I've changed my review. Okay. It went from a deuce to a Street Fighter. Still has its heart, and it's at three stars. Oh. Nice. Got a little bumpy. Like I said, like, uh, Raul uh, Julia and uh, uh, the actress who played Chun-Li was really Ming-Nan good. Win. Yeah. Her. <laughs> um, also the voice of Mulan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was... Jean Claude, like I got a nice glimpse of that wee bit of powder on the corner of his nose. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, like, like I said, I love this movie as a kid, and I was like legitimately excited to watch it again. And again, Raul Julia was great, and I don't hate the fact that I saw this movie. It was fun. I do love this movie. Yes, it was a good time. And, uh, I, thank you guys for sharing this Jean Claude Van Damme weekend with me. Yes, and, uh, yep. and everybody listening, you know, all uh, three of you, thank you so much for <laughs> listening to us ramble. Please go came back. and watch uh, Suicide Squad and also the Van Damme movies. Yes, and uh, now we're gonna do our plugs and we're gonna go to bed, and you guys can do whatever the fuck you want. It's your lives; you live it. Oh yeah. So, Jonathan, where can the people find you? I am fucking tired, and you can follow me at Twitter <laughs> at J-O-N-I-A-B-O-I-24 and John Notes on 12 on Letterboxd. Patrick? Uh, this is Patrick. Thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at John Lost His Name. My art on Facebook is John Lost His Name Art. And if you're listening to this at the week it comes out, on Monday we release an episode where we reboot the seminal anime classic Neon Genesis Evangelion. It's uh, very wild, very crazy, and very not safe for work. And on Tuesday, uh, Tanner and his late night talk show, sh- uh, talk show he, he is uh, interviewing me, and we have a good time talking about that. And um, lastly, just enjoy yourself and have a good night. Yep. Cannon? And I am that Cannon Guy. You can find me at that Cannon Guy on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And I, of course, am Captain Chimmy. You can find me at Captain Chimmy's Kind of Art, Captain Chimmy's Almost Music. Uh, you can also find me at the comic strip here in Tuscaloosa. If you're listening to the day it comes out or the day after it comes out, then tomorrow or the day after tomorrow, depending, the Saturday, August 14th, is free comic book day. It's the biggest day of the year. Come on by <laughs> if you're able. And, uh, yeah. 
for you guys, you know, listening to this podcast has been the most important day of your life. But for us, it's been Tuesday. Well, now it's a Wednesday. Technically, it is twelve nineteen yeah. in the a.m. So we did we did start this on a Tuesday. We watched Street Fighter on a Tuesday. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Actually, this podcast is two days long. That's how hard we've worked on this. You all know we normally record on Mondays, but. It's a, it was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday this and time. And now it's a Wednesday. Yeah, it is technically Wednesday. It's Wednesday, my dudes. Ah! <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Thank you, everyone. I got to pay. Good night. Good, Good night. night.